Why do you be using a little? Uh, you be having? The, you be using the J Just Prince having it over my <laughs> the ear. J Prince AirPod starts to hurt. Like after you're doing mad podcasts in a day, like my ears start to hurt from just having the fucking headphones on it. So I just you don't need it. You're a professional, uh, but I want to make sure that I know when they're not close enough to the mic and shit. You know, but you have a producer. Yeah, but like him jumping in is kind of awkward. Whereas, like, I don't know. I like hearing it though. I find it very. I don't know. Keeps me in the zone. Do you have like um like compared to what I do, right? Even here. We don't have like camera operators, mm. DPs, PAs, an actual producer or director. I feel like when I go by Yes Spot, you have a lot of moving parts. I feel like you have a photographer. Mm. That's a, that's the a role. Um, I feel like you have like a PA, maybe somebody who's like watching social media or something, mm. right? Or like a social editor or a social person, right? We have like a couple editors in house. We have like our social media person in house for most of the interviews. We have a photographer. And then Josh, I guess, is just basically kind of running the show and keeping everything Producer, in line. Right? Yeah. So when Spotify wanted me to do the show, I could have done it with, you know, one of their um, many, you know, acquirees. Okay. Mm. Uh, I forgot one of the companies. One of the options was doing it with Gimlet. Right. So Gimlet is a company they bought. Mm. And they were going to produce the show. I felt... It wouldn't be as natural. I hate big sets. I hate when it's not intimate. Right. You know, you should know me. Like, I've done the best content, I believe, in my life just being in my house, yeah. drunk off some Henny. Like, it's not about the amount of people or how it looks. It's just about how authentic can you be. Because what happens with these lights and these cameras, people freeze up. Mm. And people, like, I've had the best conversations with people outside. As soon as they come in here, they're like, oh, shit, yeah. we're now being taped. So for me, I remove all that. I don't mm. need 50 people watching me where somebody has to be like, we're counting down three, two. No, nigga, let's just go. Mm. Like, does that ever make you like? Uh, I mean, I feel like our vibe is very laid back and like somehow a bunch of people being around smoking weed and kicking it and shit like kind of adds to the ambiance of it. But that's what our new spot. That was kind of like my whole goal is like, I just want to make this like the most fun place that it could ever be and that's like the reason why we're building the booth so that people could rap and like make music there and shit too just so we can kind of make it like i just feel like the vibe is the most important thing for sure and in terms of like the content of like the cameras and everything like i do think that that's something that's like worth competing on to an extent like i think vlad his platform is better because of the fact that he spent hella money on 4k cameras like four but or five years camera. ago he's, huh? not on, he's not on camera though he's so, not so so it's like i think it's all about dynamic yeah um but i, I but if you can focus on your quality as well because i was always like anti-quality like i filmed all my fucking early shit on iphone you know which is to me that's like aesthetically similar to you still doing the news with just the gifts and just the audio yeah, you know I, I still love it it's just like you know i don't know like me and you are, i think are similar in that way where we think that the content should be able to stand alone without any focus on production or whatever but then i don't know like it's still i think it's worth putting some money into at a certain point just because Think about it like some some rapper like or they might have like a PR team who doesn't really understand the culture 100 percent. But when they're thinking about where they want them to do their first big interview, they might be like, well, this one looks kind of bummy and this one looks high quality. So we're going to go with them. I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case, too. And by the way, I think both could be true and both could exist. Right. For example, mm -hmm. like sometimes people come in here and, and they think they're like, yo. What happened to the Miami overview? Like they want, I'm like, nigga, that's like somebody else do that. You get me? Yeah. And, and also like, you know, some of the, my biggest viral moments has come from like, like I, I just remember Drake sending me some shit yet, um, recently and he was, he was cl not clowning, but he was like, yo, this is hilarious. But it was me reacting to his music. 
and it's some shit from my stream. Mm. And like somebody made like a whole little montage of it. And most of those moments, I was I was I was I was on a chair with like a broken leg, just mm. in the corner of a room with just like a couple of foam around like it was kind of low quality but these are internet moments that are like classic mm. and that's why i could appreciate both whereas like great production doesn't always mean classic moments mm. and sometimes just kind of being authentic where people could maybe relate more mm. is the, the is going to help you a little bit more get classic just moments. vibe in general like yeah. the vibe is just such a fucking incredibly important thing because i've seen people do vlad and then come and do an interview with me after and be like a totally different person like really? just loosened up to a certain extent and i don't know if it's it's because vlad vlad shit it's just a set it's just like a dark little room it's not yo, really smoking weed and shit like that man yeah i feel like yo, but yo, we get people in there with a different pay, energy yo, Vla sometimes Vlad's in, well I, I told vlad the only way i'll do his shit is we have to be there together Right, so I don't care. You know, we did we did our first one in, in New York, but even if it's L.A., I'll never do it with he, where he's on a laptop. Mm. Okay, but even when we're there, there's not a camera on Vlad. Mm. Vlad got a bunch of notes and whatever he's prepared with, and it, it, it's more like what is he hitting you with as opposed to y'all just having a general conversation. Yeah, that's definitely his genius, and that's his personality. For sure, for people who know him, is like I, I'm not surprised that Vlad basically became the dude who comes in super prepared and has the exact things because he's a very meticulous dude like that, you know, for sure. Yo, I, I always just give Vlad his flowers just because I remember people thinking Vlad and how he did shit mm. was probably the worst way, and turns out he's probably one of the biggest, you know, media outlets right now mm. for hip hop. You know, people used to be like, oh that type of format and i think that goes into what we do now too mm. it's like people used to look at y'all was watching a breakfast club interview the other day right like the pivot was on there and i'm like the breakfast club is still an institution but i'm wondering if people kind of realize like you know we're gonna we rather w watch like 50 different outlets talk to someone mm. the same person rather than the breakfast club right and that's no indictment on like, you know, I think Charlamagne just like the most talented person. I, I still believe that. Right. But it's just like, it feels too corporate. It's just not like a bunch of, like I'd rather watch 85 South show. Like what's the identity of the breakfast club? You know, like that's kind of like a hard question to answer. Whereas like, I feel like your shit or my shit or Vlad's shit, like the identity is kind of more clear. I feel like, and, and because even like, okay, they do a lot of grown ass rappers, but I feel like drink champs is more, Yo, the the spot for grown ass rappers these days, right? I'll I'll tell you what I realized, and I, you know, I, again, for anybody in Charlotte, if you do see this, you know, of course, I fuck with you, but I, but I'm comparing like the Breakfast Club to a lot of these smaller outlets because I remember walking into Complex, and I remember telling this one guy he was in charge of video. He got fired like like four days later, <laughs> but he was like, "Yo," he said, "I put five people assigned to you to watch." your YouTube channel. I was doing crazy. I was like 35 million a month, right? Mm. So it's like, we wanted to know why you were winning. And what I realized about, realized about corporations is that it's like people like authenticity. Mm. People know, this is why like, you know, people are using sets in barbershops. This is why when you could come on somebody's podcast, you're smoking weed. Mm. It's just more authentic than just walking into a radio station that just seems kind of uptight. Right. And that's one of the things like I just realized is putting podcasts just way out there. Like when I'm watching your shit, it's kind of like, 
it feels like shit's going on all around mm. and the conversation is just fluid. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember I remember starting out and trying to be the best interviewer ever. These days I'm just trying to get the best authentic vibe ever. Yeah. 100%. You get me? It doesn't matter if you're asking the before it was like, yo, are you gonna ask the hard hitting questions? Now it's just like how comfortable could you get a motherfucker? I used to put so much emphasis into like literally just listening to their albums and feeling like, you know, reading articles about artists and like just wanting to have all these like really specific questions. And for sure, like I want to be prepared now, but I also just feel like probably the more important factor is just that I'm in a good place. Like I'm as calm and as chill as I can be in that moment and that everything is just like very relaxed. Like for sure. Yeah. The, the, once you get past like just being good at asking questions yeah. or having X amount of questions in your head that you want to get done by the end of the interview, for sure, like, the vibe is massive. I'm going to give you a compliment, and this is rare. Hmm. But but everything I ever say is sincere. Because I remember saying this to you, because I, I watch, I'm so obsessive about this space. Hmm. I felt there was a time that your platform was going in the direction where I felt like, and, and I don't think this is a bad thing, but for me it was critical because of how my platform is. I was like, Adam, I think you're about to lose the fact, and I don't know if you care about it, the fact that you're the star of it. Mm. Like, I remember saying, I'm like, you can't have like Selena and other people who are doing free, things. Free Selena. We're going to talk about it, her too. I'm mm. um, just doing bigger things on your platform. But I think over the last two years, and I've watched you, I think you've gained a lot of what I like, you know, people, people these days say to me like, Yo, you talk a lot of shit. Like, like you're at the point you just kind of let it hang. Mm. I think you're there too. Mm. You're a little bit less unapologetic. Mm. You don't really take too much shit. <laughs> you defend yourself right. and you stick to an opinion before you were kind of really bland. And, <laughs> and I always, I always looked at you and I'm like, it's kind of like, I was always like, it's not like grow back, but, but it's like, you got to be the guy. But I was just doing interviews for like the first four, five years of No Jumper. And like even the No Jumper show doing that every week, we're only three years in on that. So it's like really in terms of like putting myself out there, like that's one thing I realized at a certain point was that I had built my entire platform. I think around like 2019, I realized my, I built my entire platform on just doing interviews and we didn't have any consistent content. There was nothing that we could like rely on, which mm. it, it sucks for the viewer because then the viewer gets frustrated because it's like, okay, you enter, you interview some porn star and you interview some drill rapper and you interview, you know, like everybody subscribes to the channel has like different interests. You know, like there's a lot of people where if I interview some rapper from O Block, that's it for them. And if there's a lot of people, if I interview a porn star, that's it for them. And it's like, it wasn't until we had the No Jumper show and then at the end of the day and the House Phones show and the Sharp show and everything thing that we kind of like had this consistent flow and the thing that i think is like super important now is that we really like we kind of get more views on inter-office politics and dynamics like us talking about each other than like even talking about the biggest fucking news stories which is kind of crazy at a certain point like just the fact that people are that interested in hearing about some shit from people who are like not even that established on the platform but just like the you drama of multiverse it. i mean that's the goal for sure it's like i've always said that Eventually, you become self-sustainable once you stop relying on people outside. Mm. So the drama within, the happenings within, the life updates within, the banter between mm. becomes the thing that people want to tune in for. Right. And I, I think I think that's good. But I've realized, 
like these days when I hear whether your response would like I, I like the little pump thing was good. I, you, I like that you're not folding. Right. And and the reason why I like that you're not folding because I'm telling you and, and by the way, when I say this, this is not to belittle or shit on anyone else because I believe there's gonna be a lot more people that enter the ranks. But I solely believe me, you, DJ Vlad, Sean Cotton, when it comes to independent new media, I think we're there in terms of controlling our own sectors of it. Right. You know, I think we're all within culture. You might go certain aspects out. I might go certain aspects out and we all are in it. And I remember like, I remember like, you know, some people be like, I got a lot of hate during that time when we, when we went at it, like right. when that live stream, I was so upset, <laughs> but like people were like, yo, why would you talk to him? And I was just like, yo, Adam has to know he's like, I know I'm the guy. You have to know you're the guy. And what I mean by it's not, I know you don't, you don't have an ego like I do, or we don't deal with. I'm just a little understated, you know? Yeah. But, but that gets checked or compromised every time when an artist goes bad on you. Mm. And I thought the little pump thing, I thought the old Adam would have just apologized and kept it moving. But that's your fault. You kind of, because I, I seen a clip of you on, on Twitch one time that actually like really made an impact on me where I think you were talking about perp and maybe pump and like a, a couple other people. And you were kind of just like, the game has changed. Like, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've said this type of thing like a million times, but you're like the game has changed. Facts. You know, like you were just speaking very objectively about your sales are probably like 5% of what they used to be. And, you know, we could talk about that. Like, how could we not talk about that? Like, what good am I, are you or me if for every person that we interview, we have to just run PR for them afterwards and just act like their career is in a great space? Like, I don't want to be friends with anyone or be like rapper friends, fake cool friends with someone if I can't say, oh, you did some goofy ass shit in this situation or your new album sold 10% of what your last album sold or whatever. Like, because those things are objective. Like me saying little pump fell off or little pumps, you know, I wouldn't even say it like that, but like his career is clearly not in the place that it was a couple of years ago. It's like, what, what kind of friendship is this? If I can't acknowledge the basic reality that's unfolding in front of us. Like, and I just think, I think new Adam will do that. <laughs> I don't think old Adam. Will. And, and, and speaking about that point too, right? This is where I got into like, you know, my first, like, are you friends with these rappers? Mm. And I feel like you've had, you know how many rappers you've had at the back of your store, people who just like, I feel like you, you're more friendly with the, just the demographics we cover, mm. you, they're cooler with you than they are with me. A well, lot of them. Not I'm cool with a lot of underground rappers and shit because we actually, we fuck with a lower level of rappers, generally speaking, than you do. So you're kind of like, mm, oh, you, you fuck with like- Sometimes. Well, we have like a lot of people that like- really Are not big, that sometimes get big, but some of them don't, but that's What's not- like Juice World hanging out at the back of your store? Like, they're so early on. Like, before anyone- like I, I remember, Did he like fuck with you afterwards, type shit. Yeah, we kept hanging out, shit. But like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, but he had like fifty thousand plays on on all girls are the same at that time, which oh, is pretty sad. crazy because like everybody wanted to sign him then. Like all the A and R's in L A were all going nuts trying to meet Why him. Why did you sign him? I mean, I was talking to him because that was when I was with Atlantic, and I remember saying to them like, "This is the dude. You got to sign him." And they were like, "Honestly." he's going to get like $4 million and we just are not going to do a deal that big. Like at that time, cause it was APG, not Atlantic. Oh yeah. I don't think that they were really necessarily trying to do the massive contract shit, you know? So, I mean, they were just like Interscope's going to give them like 4 million or some shit. And I was like, okay. 
Because that was height of SoundCloud. Yeah, you could have signed a bunch of people. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, you probably still get the same conversations I do. And and, and, mm. and this is why going back to that conversation, there was some frustration with you. Because I was saying, Adam, I feel like you're acting ignorant because the audience doesn't know. And I'm very transparent. I'm like, How about super what? every call. So, any, all right. All right. So, so let's think about our platforms. If there's a rapper coming out, they're signed this Friday and they have a sizable budget. If they're calling me, they're, they're calling you. To do an interview or to buy promo? Promo. Right. They're checking their bases. Mm. And when they see academics and they see no jumper, surround in the same cloud. They're going to want to get both. Mm. So when I was speaking about certain things, I'm, I'm speaking about it saying, I know you are privy to the same things that I am. Mm. And, you, and I felt like I was like, yo, Adam, I feel like you're playing dumb with me. But you know what? At that time, I think that you were basically like insinuating that we were taking money for things that we weren't taking money no, for. No, no, no. But then around that time, too, is when we started selling way more promo because I just kind of realized like from hearing you talk about how much money you're getting from so many different labels. I just started to actually like talk to more people and figure out how we could sell more shit because I remember like feeling like you were kind of getting on my ass about some shit that like accusing us of basically being paid for certain things that we were not paid for, no, which no. maybe we should have been. Well, it wasn't even that. It's like, for example, play this, right? Um, I do all the I don't know how you guys work I do all the bookings for um, Off the record myself mm. Right um, Spotify has just started to help out And their priority usually is They have an app called Spotify Live Which mm. they want to book people for more mm. um, When I'm doing bookings It's usually either people who I know Who just hit me on the DMs Right Or a few label people who I know mm -hmm. That are like Hey so and so's album coming up could they do your podcast? Right. I feel those same people, like, for example, like a Rowdy Rebel or Bobby Schmidt. The reason why Bobby came here twice, like, is people hit us twice. Right. Right? I feel like they're also hitting you. We, and, we and, ended and, up doing that one. And, and, and maybe not every artist, but, like, around the same reach, right? Right. So it wasn't about, like, promos and stuff like that. It was just, like, when it comes to media companies, we're in the same realm mm. where – the same conversations that I'm privy to, which, by the way, I know a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that maybe isn't public that I don't say anything about, but so do you. Mm. And I felt like you weren't transparent then. I felt like you have been since then. But I felt like then it's either two things. You weren't transparent willfully or you were just a horrible businessman. <laughs> I was just like, yo. What, like, what are we talking about, though? No, I mean anything It could be promos It could be Just how certain artists Are moving around It could be It could be just anything With just like Bro we're media companies Like right. With media companies We do ads With media companies We're privy to certain information With media companies Like we know things That are within our business And that's why I, I was like You know And I mean I'm, I'm moving the conversation along To say like I feel like You've become Just way more transparent So I'm really trying To give you a credit Thanks Um I think now, like when I ever listen to you, like you, you're pretty open with things that maybe the audience don't know mm. because I'm I'm the biggest proponent of that. I'll quickly spill all the the, the quote unquote tea <laughs> because for me, like the only person who I owe anything to is the audience, right? So I, I don't really hold anything like, oh yeah. But you don't want to burn your source. No, no, I'll never do that. Yeah. Like I never, hey, listen. you know, when somebody tells you, you, I'm sure you've been there with somebody tells you something and it's like the best thing ever. 
And you're just oh, like, no, no, of course, no, no, never. That. <laughs> you're just like, I can't, I can't do it because it's so obvious. It came from this person that everybody knows I talked to, and it would just be too transparent. Speaking you know, which that's what they think of me and the Tory thing. If you if you kind of like got into that a, little, a bit. little bit, but no, I know that's exactly it. Is that like anything you put out about the Tory thing? Everyone's going to assume Tory just handed it to you, right? What What do you think about that? I, I, I've been interested. Like, I usually uh, see clips where people send me clips of like you discussing a bunch of stuff, and I don't know if I ever told you because I know sometimes I've, uh, I guess I would say felt a certain type of way about certain things, but it would it would be only mostly if it's if it's woman related. That's it. If it's just like woman private life related, where we're like a lot of these things just cloud chasers, and I was really in the streets. You know what I mean? <laughs> but other than that, it's like if you were like, nah, I think I. Handle this wrong I would just Look at him And be like Fair Whatever mm. But I wonder what, what do you think about Number one The Tory Meg thing Also um, How I've played it I mean I feel like We, we have kind of seen A different side of you Come out in the sense Of you like Demonstrating that you are going to really be in the trenches of trying to get every last like bit of information early on, which I respect for sure because I like you know I just don't really got it in me to act like I give a fuck about the the ins and outs. Like that's the kind of thing that I would just really want like somebody on my team to be doing in an ideal situation. But I have liked how you handled it, just in the sense of like I feel like you've been at the forefront of putting information out there. But I mean, of course, if you're doing that, you're gonna you know if you put out anything that's not official, everybody's gonna call you a liar. And then, did. and then if it ends up being true in the long run, it's like how many of those people are doubling back to say like, oh, he didn't lie. Yeah, I think people have realized uh, um, it, it, that's been very in- – so this is what I've always said. And this is how I look at like, you know, just – I hate calling it journalism. But because like in reality, I don't think you're a journalist. I don't think I'm a journalist, nor do I think Vlad's a journalist. I think we're entrepreneurs. Mm. And I think – while being entrepreneurs, there is a journalistic element. Mm-hmm. But when you say you're a journalist, like there's like certain rules and codes. Like I'm breaking all of those to get the shit. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you will. And Vlad will. None but, of us want the responsibility that comes with being like, I am a journalist. It's just so like outside the realm of any kind of attention no, 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 you'd want. You no, know, I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I wouldn't mind having it. But but when you say you are. You're pretty much trying to fight the, the the fight with your hand handcuffed. Right. Like I'll do anything to get the info. Yeah. Like I'll fuck your baby mama to get the info. But That's I feel what like, I'm on. But we probably could learn a lot from like what is done by like real journalists in a sense because like that hits me sometimes when I I'm reading a fucking article in the New York Times and I realize there's a dude writing an article about like a specific part of New York and he just went there and just walked around and talked to people. And I'm like, damn, that's some real fucking journalism right there. And that kind of work is the kind that's he's basically doing what makes like small independent YouTube channels blow up. It's just getting in the trenches and talking to real people who actually have connections to stories. You know, I feel I do that, too. Yeah, yo, but you do it digitally, which is no, 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 it's no good. Yeah, no, yeah. and no, more the most efficient thing. Yeah, yo, we're not walking around like fucking <laughs> like with a tape recorder. But for somebody who's starting from ground zero, that honestly is kind of what I would recommend. Is like you got to find something that you want to cover on a tiny level because everything that's big is kind of being paid attention to hey, already. I would say to a certain extent, there are journalists that I would consider part of my team. Like for example, right? There's there's journalists that now, right? <clears throat> They'll work for. I don't want to name the the, op, uh, the the outlets, the real outlets, right? But like, say, a big outlet in Atlanta, a big outlet in Chicago, or whatever, that they'll call me and they'll be like, yo, listen, this is talk on the street. 
that mm. blah, 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 did to blah, 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 blah. Hey, everybody knows this. We don't have any official comment from the police, nor no mm. one will say this on record. So we could never print this. And I'm going to be like, yo, okay, cool. I, I, how do you know this is true? They'll be like, well, look at so-and-so's girlfriend. She's posting this. They, they'll know the T, too. Mm. But I'm they have a higher it. standard. Yeah, right, right. I'm going to say it. But you could say it like a rumor. Like, yeah, people yeah, of are course, saying, of course. allegedly, this dude is doing this. Of course. Right. They won't ever even mention it. Right. And it's just one of those things where it's like, fuck it. I mean, have you, like, covered some shit where you just felt like you guys either got it wrong or, like, do you have issue retractions? I mean, I can't think of a time that we really had to issue a retraction. But, I mean, I, I put a shitload of thought into, like, wh like, what can we cover and how can we cover it? Like, for example, all right, FBG Cash got killed today. Rest in peace. Mm. They're saying, like. You interviewed him. I did, like, two months ago, which is crazy. But. They're saying, like, like now, obviously, you have everybody, not everybody, but plenty of BDs from Chicago saying, talking shit about them, whatever. It's like, you kind of, I had a hard decision, not a hard decision, but I had to make, like, a quick decision this morning when somebody on my team hit me, and they said, should we post about this, this, and this, because all these dudes are saying this about them. And I was like, honestly, like, I don't think we should touch it. I don't, I don't think we should be, like, focusing on people shitting on this guy who died today. But I do think that that's like something that somebody should be covering that people can cover, but it's like, how morbid do you want to get? Like how, how gross and just nasty optically are you willing to go? But knowing that this is the shit that people want to fucking see. I, this is the problem We're this is our problem now. Yeah. So I seen all that. Yeah. I see everything. I had to make the decisions too. Mm. And the decision I had to make was if this was 2013 academics, mm. I'm definitely covering by, it. By covering it, you're saying that all you need to do is do this and you can get coverage. And in that way, you're kind of creating a set of perverse incentives. Do you think so? I mean, that's how a lot of people probably view it. And no, I think there's no, no, some no, no, truth to see, it. Th that is how a lot of people view it. But just think about this. Yeah. When he was alive, mm. a lot of people probably thought you interviewing him was probably doing the same while right. he was alive. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I always told people it's the war shot rack. I always thought it's, it's, it's a catch 22. Right. If I don't do war shot rack, I'm severely biased because I'm only showing what Keith Reese, mm. Dirk and, and, and Fredo who they don't like. Mm-hmm. By covering and being fair, I'm now inciting a war. Mm. What do you pick? I know. Because that's that's the come up for a lot of people now. Because like now a lot of people like who people look at the war in Chirac like it was so bad, but now there's so many channels that full blown conspiracy theories, full blown breaking down shit that like is so much worse than anything you did back in the day. Hold on, I don't even look at it as worse or whatever. I just look at it as informative. Yeah. Right? I mean, like yeah. like Okay, that's granted. actual journalism, Yo, realistically. Yeah, granted, I ain't gonna lie, I did have some like nicknames and jokes. Yeah. Granted, and when, and you and I wasn't really joking about people who died. It was mostly trying to make fun of the people who did stuff. But anyway, right? Neither here nor there. There's yo, I watch like you know, salute to my man Chicago scene. Mm. I don't even know who he is really. I watch his shit and I'm flabbergasted. Mm. He solves the crime. <laughs> right? Like he'll tell you like yo, so and so did the killing. I'm like, wait, this thing is so free. Yeah. And, and it's like one of those things where, where why do you think that, do you think it's because 
I eventually became who I am that people cared about that? Yeah. Or do you, or do you think I was just because I wasn't first? Like me and me and them college kid weirdos were like, <laughs> they feel like they were they were first. Mm. I give them the credit of being first. It's just that I kind of blew up right. more than they did. But everybody just cares about the worst Chirac like it was the worst shit ever. I watch shit now that was worse than what I was doing. I mean, look at how everybody wants to have the conversation about is Dirk fucked up for saying this and this still about people. I mean, it's just because he's big. He's saying the same exact shit that everybody's saying about him on the other side and yeah. that 500 other BDs are saying, you know, it's like he's he's just huge. So, I mean, the person who's huge gets all the flack for everybody else who's doing it, you know? So, so there's, there's something quite good about being like number two, number three. Or just not being the first person to do it. Because think about all the shit, and I feel like we talked about this in the last episode, but all the shit Vlad gets for the titles and everything, uh-huh. and all those people do it now, and all the shit you everybody got for just up, covering news like that, and you know yeah. now everybody's kind of doing shit like that. Yeah. You know, it's like being first through the wall is tough. But but I I also watch and like sometimes I'm rooting for some of these other guys. I'm like, I y'all are trying to be me like. Mm. Seven years ago. Let's see if you could blow up off it. Mm. Because I think that was a time that came and passed. Right. And while people like to reminisce, the novelty is over. Right. Right. So it's like they like seeing like, for example, um, um, well, I wouldn't say necessarily like what you did, because like there's always going to be a place and a niche for like covering new artists. If I was trying to be the next academics right now, like if I was a young kid, I would probably be thinking about TikTok and shit way more than I'm thinking about YouTube. In terms of just getting like a new audience, building an audience, getting to the people first, I would be thinking about TikToks and Reels because YouTube, I feel like, is you're playing the game on hard by trying to get people to watch a five or ten minute video. You know, I used to be like very because I think what I how I came up was was easily replicated, and then mm. you know I remember Charlemagne saying this to me one time when I think he probably listened to a few of my videos and he felt like I was sounding like him. And he, and he said to me, call me. And he said, yo, Ak, you know, I ain't going to never steer you wrong. Mm. He said, he said, find your own voice. And um, one of, what that was trying to tell me is like, hey, listen, you're doing an impression. The early shit? Yeah. When you go back and listen to it, it is funny because it's so much less natural. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing an impression. Yeah. And like, it confused me at the time. Mm. But then I did find myself. And that's why even now. Like I remember the last time I was even mad when, when I when I heard someone was doing like they're like because people's hitting me like yo this guy like he's I remember it was Dom is live and, and and like it just seems so silly now because now I'm like I almost like celebrate everybody who's still trying to or still continue in that mold because it's like. Have you seen the new dude that we got working in No Jumper who everybody gives shit for being a academics clone? Who Flacco? You don't know about this yet? Um, no, no, no. I, I think I've heard something about him. Because he's from North Dakota. And so North he. North Dakota? Yeah. And he's he's black. He's 24, chubby, short, claims to have a 10 inch dick. Um, he Have you checked that out? He, I haven't seen it, but he, he says this. He, like, as soon as I met him, I thought he was really fucking talented, but like, he literally grew up in your fucking chat. Like he, oh, that's what's up. Like he has Chattanooga? like his speech patterns and shit are, are weirdly similar to yours. Perfect. And like a lot of people like have commented and being like, "Why are you just like getting a fake academics?" And it's like, well, I do agree that he might have been a little too. And he's asked me, he's like, "How do I get past that? Like, how do I get people to stop saying that?" And I'm like, 
you just keep doing content and you're going to find your own voice for sure more and more over time, you know, which is kind of like the Charlemagne thing is like, yeah. I think a lot of people who are young and talented, you can see their influences too much with rappers too. Sometimes I'll see somebody and think this guy sounds way too much like young boy, but the reality is, is that you give him like two years of development and maybe he takes all the good things that he took from listening to young boy nonstop as a kid. And then he, adds his own flair as he becomes more and more of his own person and hey, it's let me tell you this mm. the, the biggest challenge of everything is that um even when Charlemagne said that to me um the bigger overall picture was that it's not that i couldn't stay around you weren't gonna last mm. like there is a Charlemagne. you can't be Charlemagne better than Charlemagne. Mm. and for me it was just like if you're talented yeah, you might take some things from him, but mm. you're gonna have to make this new thing that you are. Mm. And um, I, I, I think that goes for everybody. Like I'm, I remember listening to Trippy when he just came out. I'm like, yo, you're sounding like what did I say it was like Uzi, mm. right? Shit, it's a lot of shit. Some people said Juice World would sound like Uzi. Mm. Some people said Uzi would sound like Thug. Some people said Thug would sound like Wayne. Mm -hmm. There's always that initially. I think the smart people realize, and also here's the thing too with me and like say Charlemagne, right? Charlemagne was effective doing that in a different era, right? Like, have you seen Charlemagne's new content? Bro, he's not doing that. He's not doing the the pulling out the fucking card on you bro, and just trying to bro, insult you and embarrass you. He's not fucking yeah. like, I thought he was just one of the goats of one-liners and shit like that. Mm. And I know a lot of you, I started off with being some of the, I still think, and I and shit, you know me. I don't act. I don't need nobody to give me the credit. I'll take my shit. I still think I'm the greatest of all time when it comes to satire. What the war in Chirac, it, the, the the backbone of it was satire. Mm -hmm. Where I did most of those videos was satire. I think that shit changed. I think as we go forward, and it's the same way I said to these clout niggas. I'm like, bro, like I remember when you could just be like, yo, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. That's what's cool. <laughs> shit changed. Yeah. These days, I feel like you have to have meaningful conversations. And if you could be funny during that, cool. Mm. But you can't just be. It, 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 for me, it was remnants of a shock jock. Mm. Now it's more meaningful conversation. Right. You see people like Math Hoffa. You see people like um, um, Big Bank. You see um, podcasts like Earn Your Leisure. You see shit. Whatever podcast mm. is more about, hey, how how meaningful could you get these conversations to be to stick? Mm. And this is where I've always just, you know, um, gravitate towards. That's why I was, I was saying to myself, like, why was I even mad at like, um, Dama's live is like, yeah, I did feel like he was kind of encroaching on my space and kind of like trying to take certain stuff at a point. But but he was, was like the like, first person that got reasonably big from doing like the talking into the mic and just playing gifts. So it was like, that just stood out a shitload at first. Yeah, but but like what I realized what I was and what he wasn't was the thing that I think just separates us all. Where it's like I'm growing. Right. For everybody who does the like that was a test of me with Charlemagne. It was just like you're not talented if you can't grow beyond trying to be him. Mm. And like even whoever you're uh, uh what was it Poet Flacco, right? Yeah. That's the name, right? Yeah. Um his thing is going, his challenge is going to be act did that. It's the same thing. That's why I never do the war in Chirac again. 
Like, you know how many times people, like even today, I did an intro that was like the Warren Chirac for like 10 seconds. Because I know people will be like, oh my God. <laughs> but it'll never be the Warren Chirac. Right. I could never do it again. Oh, you reported on the cash thing and did yeah. that? Oh, that's funny. I, I grew past that. My mind is not there. Some of the, like, some of the jokes that I would have for that shit, I couldn't even say yeah. without just doing it just for an audience. I wouldn't be sincere in it. That Flacco dude has videos with a million views like breaking down the young Dolph murder before the cops did. Oh. Which is like, that's the kind of journalism that realistically me and you probably are not going to be digging into that. Like it's too much unverified like rumors and shit to report on if you want to get into all the shit that the streets were saying at first. I f- um, what's my guy's name? I just gave him a shout out. Jesus Christ. Swayze? Wh- no, white dude. White dude. He's from like the UK. Oh, uh, Trapler Ross. Trapler Ross. And I agree with you. He's a goat. Yo, he's doing certain shit. I, I feel like these days, and, and I think that was the intermediary before where we're at now, which is long form content, mm-hmm. which this is why I think you and like Vlad, um, I think it was going my way for a long time in the sense of long form content was just whatever. It was shitty. Mm-hmm. Like people didn't want to hear it. It was just all about the cloud arrows. Give us three to five minutes. Mm. Now it's like, no, we want a long form content, even if it's still broken up. Right. So now that's why I feel like Vlad just fucking like go go look at the numbers like a couple years ago. I was doing better numbers than Vlad. Vlad like fucking eclipsed whatever the fuck we're doing. Puts and I think so you're doing shit. even better because now the 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 you know in a game in terms the meta is long form conversations. If you're just the guy who's basically doing like quick. Snippets that shit ain't finna go work no more. Yeah. So you know that's why I've been trying to like mix it up. I would have been abandoned the the news videos if I wasn't synonymous with news. Right. But these days, like academics, almost becomes it's a verb for the news, just like how World Star became yeah. a verb for punching a nigga out. Right. So I don't know. Like you know, for me, I'm just trying to grow, man. Yeah. I'm trying to grow. Like I, I think my ultimate growth is gonna be um, making content like. Movies or like you know short form shit. To me, I see the 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 long form shit. Like like I was watching a documentary the other day, and by the end of it, I had kind of broken it down in my head. I'm like, so this documentary dude did 10, 15 interviews, got the camera crew to film a shitload of B roll. Uh, you know, probably spent money acquiring footage from a bunch of different sources or whatever. I can imagine myself doing all this, making a documentary about somebody, right? But like. I've always been on this fucking hamster wheel of like making YouTube content and seeing the the analytics blow up the next day and like just trying to like continue building that. Like, I don't know, like for me to actually sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to spend the next six months doing a bunch of different content for this long form content. It's like, I respect the shit out of people who do it, but I don't know if I feel ready for it. Cause I've had multiple times where I felt like I was going to do that. And my brain just like could not stay focused on the long term. Like I'm so into just like creating content and trying to, I, I just gravitate towards YouTube so much. Like, I just feel like that's just, it just feels like that's it, which sometimes I feel like that's kind of short sighted, but sometimes I just feel like this, this is where my brain is going. Like I should just rock with this. No, no I get what you're saying. And by the way, I think there's going to be a point. Like one thing I've realized in 2022 now, I've been doing content for 13, 14 years. Very seriously. If you think about that, I've seen it all. 
Mm. And I've seen how YouTube changed. And I remember that, and you know the time too, when YouTube blamed PewDiePie just fucking flipped on everybody. (laughs) And I feel like right now, the content that's being produced is based on what works on the platform that we're primarily caring about. This is true. But unfortunately, and this is one thing that I've, you know, I used to hate, but I now pride myself to be able to deal with shifts and changes in the industry. There's going to be something. I'm not hoping it does, but I know it's going to be something that is going to fucking alter the business model Mm -hmm. of what we're doing. And I think it's a cycle. It's never one thing. Mm. You know what I mean? And there's going to be a moment where it's going to be able and it's likely that you should do that. And it's all about if you want to do it. But it's like, sometimes I feel like, yes, there's like seismic shifts that are going to have to happen. But all right, look at social media in general. You have like YouTube, which is pretty much everybody knows for long form video content. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going. You have Twitter. If you want short form text based or video or photo based content, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it's still pretty big. You mean Twitter? Yeah, I read it for sure. I don't tweet that much. But like Instagram is like the place for sort of short form and, and really TikTok and everything too. Like when you have like a two hour podcast, three hour podcast, it's kind of like, how do you really improve on that? Like I could imagine people maybe editing them down better or like making like, I, I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like all the people who put out two, three hour podcasts in a way, like they are kind of making it hard on themselves. And I do it all the time too. But because that is such something to, to sift through, it, it is tough for the audience, but I don't know. I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like we're entering like late term content strategy in the sense that like aside from new social new apps popping up and stuff it's gonna it's kind of hard for me to imagine different ways of people consuming video and it's hard for me to imagine where we go past video it's a cycle it's a cycle and and i've never been more excited to like to see it continue to change Mm. despite even if i'm winning at the current because i feel like i'm also prepared for the next Mm. um you're not tiktok friendly right yeah, well, the reason why I'm not on TikTok is because I realize I don't think you need to create content for TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think TikTok will gather your content and make it TikTok. Right. So um, we barely have, we don't have a presence really on there. Right. But it's because we don't have to make content for it. Yeah. You get I mean, me? We do the same thing with people that chop up our interviews. They make TikToks and reels yeah. out of it. It's good promotion for the YouTube channel. We don't make any money off it now, but yeah. in the long run, you probably will. Yeah, and listen, you're always going to have shit like that. So, I, like, I feel so good about, like, where we're at right now. Like, I'm, yo, I was just... Because we're rich now. I mean, I guess so. But, yo, I'm going to be honest with you. And I guess maybe that's the reason why, like, when people tell me, like, yo, so-and-so sounds like you're the center. Yo, these days, I feel like I'm in the era of my kids. Mm. Like, I'm the Sosa. And, yes, you're going to see these other people who... If somebody blows up doing what I did, yo, kudos to you. One thing I realized is that you you don't see it coming because you're the new guy for a long time. But now whenever I sit down for an interview, they're like the legend, one of the earliest in this content <laughs> space. And I'm just like, I'm I you know ju- a legend. I just got done feeling like I was a young kid who started doing it, even though I yo, started I started doing quick. rap shit at like 32, but like Bro, it happened. But, but now everybody who does content has been forced to realize that we were ahead of the curve. And Vlad. Yeah, no, of course. The biggest ones to name, you know? No, 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 of course. And, and and I think now, like, you know, it's just one of the things. Yo, I'm telling you, the first time I really got 
I always walked into rooms. Mm. I remember Charmaine brought me one time to um, Viacom, and and like I did a reading for some shit. Was it reading? No, we just like we did like a little sizzle. The one of them comedy shows you had? No, no, it, they were trying to bring Yo MTV raps back, and I was like, oh shit, this is like I didn't even really know what it meant then, but it was like, yo, this used to be a big thing on MTV, and MTV's down to bring it back. So like, act, we got to have you a part of it. I'm like, oh shit. You thought it was. Sounded sick as fuck. Yeah, but, but I did that too, where I like applied. I tried to get on some MTV show and didn't get it. And then like when I look at it now, I'm like, that would have been such a stupid waste of time. It lasted yo, like 20 episodes, you know? No, of course. And, and and I just thought I remember walking into every room and like they they start out with these corny introductions and people tell you, oh, hey, he's from the marketing team and he's from this and this is the 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 executive producer. And you're like, damn, this is very intimidating. And you do the, I, the meetings where they have like the vice president come down and meet you for like a minute. Yeah. And you're just like, you think it's kind of tight, but then you realize like, oh no, this, this is the whole idea is that they have, this guy goes around just acting like he gives a fuck about the clients no, they're trying course. to sign all day. Yo, but I also felt mad intimidated. I felt like, <sighs> how did you get here? I, mm. I remember just looking around and I'm like, these people have worked in these in this industry for 25 years this person has worked on so many different shows and i remember saying what are my accolades mm. that's the last thing i remember i remember saying what did i do to deserve this and it didn't take it, it, it took until like i never ever got credit for shit i remember i went to toronto my first podcast like ironically nobody invited me to do shit mm. like no it, it's crazy like Nobody used to, well, people do now, like invite me to like do podcasts and one random podcast in Toronto was like, hey, we want to like bring you out and we'll pay you. And I'm like, really? Which one? Um, I can't remember their name. Hmm. I can't remember their name, but like, like they do these really like dope ass, like kind of like, you know, podcasts, which are live and shit like that. So anyway, I went out there and I've saw a different perspective of what I was working for. And hmm. this is why at that moment I said, why the fuck do I ever be going at Adam or going at somebody else? But like, we're all fighting the same fight. Like mm. I, that was the moment it just hit me because it was new media. And, and when I went out there, there was so many blog pages, like hot new freestyles out there. It's a ton of other, like, you know, six buses out there. Mm. I remember them. They all came up to me. They were like, yo, we started our Instagram because of you. Like, look at our company. This is because we saw you. And I had zero idea about the impact because I was so jaded and just so, like, kind of, like, getting a little nigga because I'm watching these big corporations like Hot 97 and, and well, I think they're big now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Power 105 and all these places. And, and, and I felt small and intimidated, like, oh, yeah, I have a bunch of kids watching me, but I'm not making an impact. Right. Now I saw a bunch of, like, blog pages. Like, I just saw... The influence. So, so when you say like, you know, Flacco, I'm like, yo, bro, I've never spoken to him, but mm. man, good to him. Right. You know, like, again, I, ra I, I rather him openly say like, oh, yeah, I fucked with act. That's where I kind of got my shit from. He wears but, it on his sleeve. So it's like, because that's that why nigga? I even said to him, because all right, people were clickbaiting like a week ago or some shit, because you had some rant on Twitch and people were hitting him up like he's talking about you in this rant or whatever. And I told wait, Flacco. Wait, what did I say? You were talking about people respecting your your place in the game or something about like oh, no, no, people, that would never people be trying it. to be like you or some shit. And he was hitting me. He's like, what do you think I should do if, if he does diss me? And I'm like, uh -uh. I was like, I don't think he could really diss you because you're making it clear that, that you pay your respects to him. So what, what could he really be mad about? 
But but I'm I'm so beyond that point. Like mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be dissing. Um, and, and this is gonna sound big headed. Like this is why I was like, yo. If anything, me, Adam, and Vlad need to empower each other because we really look like goofies going at each other because that's not the bigger fight. Like these right. days, the fight, I'd rather go at a, like, even though I don't want to go at Ebro, but I'd rather go at those people of those conglomerates mm-hmm. than go at another YouTuber. Right. Like, I go like, yo, Charleston White just, like, I was down to have him on a platform. He said some shit about me. And I was like, the, me from a few years ago, yo, I, live for that shit. I love going back and forth. Mm. And I was just like, I see his importance in the game. There's this new space for media personalities who may not have a platform, but they have a very unique voice. Mm. The C-Max of the world, the Charleston White, the Hassan Campbell. Hassan definitely has a platform. Right. You know, he does his YouTube stuff constantly. And, um, and, and, and we see these people rotate around a bunch of like platforms where they do interviews constantly. I'm like, that's needed. Mm. Like maybe a couple years ago, I would feel differently. But these days I'm ushering in new media. Right. You know why? Because I already made it to the top. It's like, nigga, I'm not going like, I can't beef with, with Dom is live or flock or whoever else. It would seem crazy for us to be salty because it worked out. Now, if, if money wise, you weren't doing good. And Facts. you felt like, look at all these dudes Facts. making money, and I'm over here in this fucking one-bedroom shack. Then I would be fucking annoyed, you know, for Facts. sure. But because we all also figured out the business side of it. That, like, I remember me, me and you were on a phone call one time, and you just said, like, I feel like the standard, if you want to be a king in this YouTube shit, is you need to make $10 million a year. Yeah. And you're like, I think that's just me, you, and Vlad. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I feel like that's that's yeah. the upper echelon. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Hmm. I agree. It's like that's you know, and and and, and th- that. By the way, I'm glad you remember that conversation because when I look at bottom line every time, that's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, if we're, if, and I even look at them like the only competition, which I think is healthy competition, is like, yo, I know Vlad and I know Adam is going to be punching in this category. Make sure you're making weight. Yeah. You feel me? <laughs> and make sure you're making weight. And shit, I ain't gonna lie. I, I was in the shower a couple days ago. I'm like, I ain't gonna lie. I, I think Adam has a little cushion with the porn shit, but now I'm about to be enough you know, for real though. Yeah. I'm like, I'm about to be, I'm on my shit right here. I got a spot of my shit popping. Like, I finally started focusing back on YouTube a little bit. I got these millions of like just random other deals that, you know, you know, with random companies, like, you know, some most of them, I think you probably have to. And I was just like, okay, good. I'm in a good space. And it's not, and it's healthy competition where I don't look at it and be like, yo, man, I want him to fail. It's like, Mm. nah, I think once we get past this threshold, it's going to be like, yo, you got to get to the 50 million. Mm. And that's going to, that's dope. So that's why like, yo, I I wouldn't get mad at like any other critics. So I watch some of them. I watch some of them and be like, yo, if this was me earlier, and I look at anyone who I think is inspired by me, mm. I would rip y'all to shreds. But I can't <laughs> say that shit no more. The search that I would say, I can't say. There's no like more. a new echelon of content creators who are covering shit in the streets and stuff. Like I got to give it to 1090 Jake because I feel like he has taken getting, uh, like you know receipts for people snitching. He's he, like he fucking exposed a video of another YouTuber 
like snitching with a cop in the back of the the, the police station from 13 years ago. How do you get there? I don't fucking know, but he fucking filed a thing with the with the city or whatever, and got the footage just so he could air it out. He he, he uploaded to his channel a forty minute video of a guy no snitching really? from thirteen years ago. But I ain't gonna lie to you. That's what I'm saying now. Hey, I don't ever want to be. You see, I I want to be. I want to be um, LeBron more than Mike. I'm gonna tell you why. First of all, I do want to be the greatest of all time, mm. but. I felt like Mike always had certain animosity towards anybody who didn't dick ride him or anybody who people say could be better than him. So how's LeBron different? As a person, I don't know shit. LeBron is different because LeBron right now isn't in the championship game, and that's usually his thing. Uh And he's not salty like, oh, nobody's watching because I'm not in there. He's he's watching like, yo, this guy's going crazy. Like he's he's showing love. It's like Drake is a different archetype in terms of a popular rapper, just like Wayne was, where at the peak of their shit, they're embracing the next. Mm. Most people beef with the next. That's what 50 did. 50. I was going to say 50. 50 tried to make his own world. He's like, oh, Lil' Kim fucking with me in terms of uh, doing doing the hook or whatever on this song. I'm going to get me an Olivia and just try to have Olivia do the hooks on all our songs. And He's it's trying like, to beef with Kanye because yeah. he's so Kanye. People don't, want, people don't want to hear your fucking artist doing the hook. Like, get a hot female singer that people are really fucking with. Like, if when you isolate yourself too much, it's just a matter of time, I feel like. Yeah. It, it, At it, least in the music shit. As, as a podcast... Maybe you can get away with that a little bit more, but you still gotta have to touch a, touch the people, you know. No, well, you know, uh, a famous you know um, reggae singer, a dancehall singer, his name is Beatty Man. He said this. He's like, "Yo, nothing is good if it's not imitated." And I feel like all our formats has been imitated. I'm mm. not saying that any of us did anything first, but we might have popularized it. Right. But like, even now, like, say what Vlad does, right? I seen Sean Cotton do, and I'm not saying who did it first, but but like Vlad became more popular first. Sean, Sean Khan is doing that scene. You did an interview with him, like 16 some visuals. 16 shot and visuals. Exactly. I like what he does too. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things where like, you're 100% right. It's all about financials. Right. Because I was, last night I'm in the shower and and I, this is how much consumed I am with content. Ask her, like she watches um like some dumb shit on Netflix called like Vampire Diet. Like that's just bullshit. Like I wouldn't watch that shit. Me, I watch podcasts and listen to Whack 100. <laughs> I live this shit every single So I'm, I'm in the shower. I don't know why I, I this was on my algorithm. It wasn't even on my algorithm. I think I was just looking up Cat Williams shit. And I was go, looking at Cat Williams and um, going at Kevin Hart. Mm. And Kevin Hart was defending Tiffany Haddish. And he made a big statement. He was like, yo, you're a fucking legend in the game, but you're only coming off as looking salty because you're fucking jealous of what everybody else is doing. Mm. You know why you're jealous? Because you're a legend that they're hoping to be. You're jealous because you fucked up the opportunity when you were them and you messed up the money. But the the thing about that is that that attitude used to be more useful as in old Hollywood where everyone's competing for the same jobs. And yeah. like you, you have like a reason why you don't want new people to enter the fold. Whereas with YouTube, People, new people entering the fold is inevitable. There's nothing we're going to ever be able to do to stop it. And a lot of different people can have a lot of different fan bases all at once. And like, yes, that does probably like there's there's probably people that we're not even thinking of or maybe we are that are irrelevant because of our success. And that's just inevitable. 
for sure. You, you, I know some for you for sure. Who? I can think of some for me for sure too. <laughs> no, who, no, who, who? Well, like the college kid conversation. I mean, you, Yo, you can we talk about your that? success is their failure essentially, why, right? Why do you? And I don't know if you've ever paid attention, but I pay attention to a lot. A little bit. What do you think this is mad at me about? I mean, what, what did we just say? That if you were watching all these other people coming up on YouTube and you weren't necessarily rich, you might feel salty about it. I mean, I can't imagine any other reason that they're salty about it, right? Who, who's who's the person who looks at you like, yo, fuck, if Adam... They probably say some dumb shit. Like, if he wasn't white and took my spot, I would have been him. I don't even know. There's got to be some. In terms of interviews? Fuck. I don't know. There's got to be someone, Adam. For real. And they're gonna blame him some dumb shit. Yeah, if he wasn't, if he wasn't doing blah blah blah, blah like they're probably. I feel like there are, but I've like already kind of forgot about him because it was like a long time ago. Because yeah, yeah, because I, I wouldn't even say the name because it was so long ago and yeah. they're so irrelevant that everybody who's watching this would be like, like for sure. I could think of a dude right now who used to interview SoundCloud rappers before me, and oh, then yeah, I came yeah, out yeah. and took the whole thing. Shit, and it's like. Yeah, he hates you. His name would be a new a new name to one hundred percent of the people watching this. Fuck, I can't give him that. Yo, um, (laughs) what do I have to do to um, squash the issues with you and Six Nine? I don't like him. I feel like that's cap. I don't like him. No, I feel like that's cap. What what would I and and if say we squash the issues? Hold on, wait, wait, hold on. We have a conversation. We end up being on okay terms. What changes? Okay, can I break down what I think the issue is? Sure. I think that's the earliest form of you kind of pulling, using certain, it's you, I don't want to say you're pulling the car from my deck, but it's like, that's us being the same. But he stopped fucking with me technically before I stopped fucking with him back in the day. It's always like that with me and rappers. Mm. There's always, a t- like, for example, when me and Nav, like, shit went crazy. Me and Nav, we used to play Fortnite together. Right. We used to be in discourse together. Mm. One random time, I just see him tweet out some shit against me, which that means he went bad on me. Mm. And now I'm kind of upset, but I'm emboldened by the fact that man, I don't really need you neither. Mm. And I feel like that was early. You were realizing for us in the media, that's always say about every artist. It doesn't hurt whether you like me or hate me. It's only if you ignore me. Mm. Man, I don't give a fuck if you do an interview on Off the Record. Mm. The mere fact that you're writing 30-page declarations in court, <laughs> I'm going to use that and make the same money. Right. So I think at that moment, like for whatever whatever went bad with you guys, you said to yourself, fuck it. I'm going to go on the record. Because I don't think naturally, and I know you hang around with a bunch of crips, mm-hmm. stories, but I don't think you give a fuck about snitches, bro. It's not really about the snitching thing. It's just about the fact that I think he's quite evidently a bad person. And there's a lot of bad people in this shit, bro. Right. But I also have nothing to gain from him because he's washed. Now you think, or do you think he was, because y'all were doing that for a long time. Why do you think he's washed? I mean, it's over. That's a good conversation. (laughs) That's a good conversation. It's over, right? No, No, I don't think so. You don't think really? Um, but okay, the most recent attempt at a comeback, which he took two years off, that was a, a failure for the most I part. I don't think right? it was a failure. I mean, it might have succeeded in getting some attention. He, Your podcast was very popular. Well, he puts out a video. He got on. he charted however many views. Yo, he charted eighty four. Has no industry support. Mm. That's huge for anyone. Tory, who very popular but gets no industry support because of his situation, hasn't charted with a single in a long time. Mm. 
here's here's why I think, and that's why I wouldn't go too crazy on whatever you're saying. I think if we're gonna have a falling off argument, he's not consistent. You can't drop one song and disappear for five months, especially when that song isn't that big. Right. If he was still making noise now, it's like yo, I'm dropping a follow up song this 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 time. You would feel like there was momentum. But it felt it felt like his attempt at coming back out, and he comes out with all these gang members, and he's the only rat that they're jacking. It's like it felt like after that, was that a classic clip, right? Greatest greatest quote <laughs> of all time. Like that. that was, I was just talking to Math Hoffa about that. How did he not tell them? That they're not allowed to say that they're only fucking with him for money. Like, <laughs> no, that's no. the one thing that you're not supposed to say as long as I'm having you guys here pretending to be Treyway. Yeah, I'm going to keep it 100 with you, though. <sighs> hey. Yo, I he remember seeing, yo, when he that knows. clip happened, I was just like. <sighs> I was watching that. How Man, did who? that just come Man, out of his mouth? A conversation, and I, I specifically didn't put that clip out. <laughs> like it looked crazy. Wait, what? Like I don't know. I don't know. I said I didn't put it as like a social clip. Oh it, no, we didn't the interview at all. But like, right. play this. I know content. Yeah. So even while I'm sitting here talking to you, I, I'm already like, okay, these are five pieces of this content. We're gonna chop out, and isolate, mm -hmm. and this is gonna promo the rest of the shit. Right. When I heard that, I was like. And but if you had titled it that, Six Nine's boy says that he's the only rat that he's jacking. <laughs> Six Nine is in your DM. What the fuck? Now he called me. He was, yeah, he, you know, he, call, he called me and we had a conversation about. No, I, you, you want to know the real shit about that? Mm. And and we were mad open anyway. So I know he will mind. I see. I like that. I like. I will say all kinds of negative stuff about him, but I like the fact that you guys are still friends and you will give an honest analysis. No, no, okay. Which a, is something that apparently Six little pump is, is not never, mature enough for. He's never ever told me like if you you hear the story of how we even became cool is because I interviewed him when the whole child sex mis misconduct yep, stuff happened, um, and we did three which interviews. is around the uh, which is around the time and basically the same reason why me and him stopped being cool. Yeah, because I seen him one time, gave him a little bit of the cold shoulder, and never spoke to him again. Oh, and it was like it was like the day or like two days after that shit came out and I hadn't fully looked into it, but I'm thinking like this dude's a weirdo, whatever. So I think he felt the vibe that yeah. I wasn't really fucking with him. But I will say too, that over time, once I actually read the details of that, I kind of felt like he got sort of a bad deal because I don't think he nah, went into too. that video shoot trying to nah, do anything too. like that. I felt like he was kind of unintentionally involved in that. I'm so, glad you could be fair. So, about so I will say that for sure. But I feel like that's the reason why he never fucked with me after that is because I gave him that little bit of a cold shoulder the next time I saw him after the interview. Hmm. So, and, and no, I've never said this hmm. about that interview. I've done so many content with him six, nine. And I don't care. I don't care who never likes him. I always go off of how me and him are. Mm. And he's always been a real nigga to me. I'm going to keep it on it with you. Now, granted, I'm never doing crime with him. Okay. <laughs> so I probably have nothing to worry about. Also, I don't do monetary business with him. So, you know, I think he gets a little bit weird with that. That's why I think the shoddy thing happened. I think, hey, if, if you do some crime with him, shit might get weird too. Mm. I do neither of those. It's usually mutual benefit where my platform is going to be helped and he's going to be helped as well, right? After we did the interview, he called me. And he's never ever told me to edit anything out. But he, he said to me, he was like, yo, Ak, I want to talk to you. Mm. He's like, with this interview coming out, he's like, I want you, but he was very roundabout about it. He was like, I think it was by that line that rat was jacking shit. 
He was like, yo, act. You were there for the whole content. He said, please don't edit any social clips to go out to make me or my niggas look played. And he's never, ever said it. He just usually just leaves it as it is. Like, mm. do whatever you want with it. And I know it's because it's of that line. So, so I was asked, I said, what do you mean? I said, I haven't even started editing it yet. Because we, we had it. We, we had a bunch of interviews. It wasn't going to come out for like five days, right? We didn't release a clip. People just knew where he sat. He's like, yo, act. Please don't. But he was really keen on it. So I asked him directly. I said, six, I've never heard you say this about anything we did. Mm. And when we first even got cool, when we did the three interviews at first, you said you wanted to pick the one that was the most raw, unauthentic. Why are you calling me about content now? And he and no one. He said, yo, I'm, it's really for my guys. Right. But he said also because I trust you with content, I don't want you to do what the internet wants you to do in terms of just play just to the extremes. Mm. So I asked him directly, I said, yo, do you want me to edit something out? And I said, I don't, and I never do this for no one, but you're my guy. Tell, just, you, you gotta say it though. You gotta mm. tell me. <laughs> you gotta tell me if you don't want something to be in. I, the interview ain't out. Tell me what you don't want to be in. And he says, no, leave it raw, but please, the clips that, and he's like, I, I know content like you know content. I know the clips that if you put it up, it's the most viral shit. That's why they put it up. <laughs> and he's like, yo, don't lead with that. If people see it in the interview, fine. You should have put it like on the social clips, but you should have titled it something else. So then you have like plausible deniability. Like, oh, I only, I put it because of this other thing you said, now, I'm, I'm but then that you. clip is still in that clip. Now, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, he 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 was so like it was such a big deal to him yeah and but i i really and i told him because like, i, I kind of even hinted i was like i think i know what you're talking about but just but i rather rather than us having this tense conversation because he's like yo act you know i've done everything you've ever wanted me to do like yo i've helped you you've helped me so much like just don't don't play me with this interview right. And I'm like, bro, like my intention would never be to play you. Like, I, like we talk, we're, we're, we're friends. Mm. And I was just asking him, like, yo, tell me what you want to edit out. Because I really wanted to see if he was going to be like, bro, could you take it out? And that interview, asking. that interview to me was, I was dying laughing, but I also felt like it was so sad. Why? Be because number one, when he was rolling around with them bloods before, it felt very real. He's rolling around with these guys they can't even stop themselves from saying the quiet part out loud. Like when, when they're asking these dudes from, from Bushwick or whatever, like, why are you fucking with six, nine? They're saying, what kind of man would I be if I didn't get this bread for my family? It's like, bro, you're supposed to say that you fuck with him as a person and you're making it so obvious that you're just fucking with him for the bread, which I know I get it. I assume that, but you're not supposed to say that. Do you know what inside this? What? And by the way, with him, even that, that same conversation mm. we're having, his thing is this. He, or at least what he tells me, he, he doesn't think that's the agreement at all, that mm. they're fucking with him for bread. Right. It's like, you know, they're fucking with me, but they're not media trained to send third. Mm. And when asked about shit and pressured to give an answer why they're dealing with a rat, they're going to say something that might not make it look 
what it is. The other thing, though, about that that I thought was, like, the ultimate sad thing was just, like, I remember 6ix9ine when he was at his peak. He went on that second uh, Breakfast Club episode. One of the, I, th- I think I noticed that was, like, the first most, ve- most viewed hip-hop interview on YouTube of all time. They were, like, powerless to his spell. Like, he was just running that room. You got, you know, very qualified, experienced journalists. They were basically, like, ceding the floor to him and just letting him use the Breakfast Club as his personal fucking soapbox. It was, like, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen because I don't see Charlamagne letting rappers get away with that normally. In the course of that interview, you had Wack, you had all those other dudes, you had you. Like, the power of his voice in that podcast was so much less than it was at his peak that it just it was sad like I just I genuinely like someone I don't like but I felt bad for him because it just felt like the the wind had been taken out of his sails so much that he couldn't even command this room of people who are like wax supposed to be his manager these are supposed to be his boys you're supposed to be his friend he nobody was like just letting him talk like the way that they used to but but what you're using against am I giving credit for because I'll give you another insight. So, first of all, he likes Hassan Campbell. Mm. Or he did. Hassan doesn't like him anymore, I believe, right? Yeah, I don't think. think. But but anyway. He he, bamboozled Hassan for a little bit. He put me on Hassan Campbell. Like, Hassan did an interview here. Right. And, like, I called 6ix9ine to get the number. Mm. And, like, 6ix9ine used to call me and be like, yo, yo. Yo, because he... 6 9 was a huge fan of me. He was was like, yo, this new dude I'm watching. He's, like, giving it up Mm. real. And it was Hassan. Right. Now, here's the thing. Hassan was never always the same positive things about him, right? What six nine? This is why I think he's amazing with content, and he's a, he's a genius person. When he was trying to do an interview, he was hitting up everybody who had a real opinion against him. He didn't want to do softball interviews. Not me. Nah, but he because he really hates me. No, he wanted <laughs> niggas from the streets. All right. He wanted Gilly. Mm-hmm. He wanted my son. He wanted anybody who was supposedly a representative. He wanted that confrontation. What I realized is that, like, and no, no dig to the Breakfast Club, but they didn't really know what was going on with Six. <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah. like, he was spinning them. <laughs> yeah, but you can't spin. You go to you go to a podcast where people are re- like, most of the podcasts are like an outlet, like mine or yours. Like, we really covering all the shit and the bullshit you've done. You're not going to just spin us. Like, there's times he's asking them questions, and they're like, well, we, well, this wasn't provided to us by the PA. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And he could, like, I ain't going to lie to you. There's an interview that we did that didn't come out. Recently? Yes, after. After the Hassan Wack yes. episode. Really? Yes. Me and him, we did the Full Send podcast. Oh, and yeah, I remember that. What, yeah, what happened to that? I saw the pictures so, of you on that. They hit. It wasn't even him that hit me up. Um, Salute my nigga Kyle, my guy Kyle. Kyle. Kyle hit me up and says, "Yo, um, I forgot. Bob couldn't be on the episode. Like, yo, act. Could you come sit in? And it was more that they wanted somebody who was kind of like hip hop, but like you know, in their sphere a little bit more um, to be able to kind of like mitigate certain shit in case Six Nine was super hip hop. Mm. Went on the podcast, showed up, did in New York City at like some crazy (laughs) restaurant." And they were just befuddled. Like six nine is breaking out politics of like Von Dine and Dirk Beef, and they have no fucking idea. Keep in mind, Dirk was on their episode not too long ago, and they're mm. kind of like talking to him, like, like 
they're clueless like they have a producer who's like has questions and they're like trying to change the subject that's what but it was like when they interviewed trump too yeah trump trump starts talking about china and inflation and kyle's like yeah oh yeah <laughs> but that's the thing so in that room like it's easy to spin when people don't really know what the fuck is going on yeah. and i think and I give him the credit because he knew the only way to gain authenticity when we did the first whack interview, he was like, I need a street nigga because I'm going to attempt to do the same thing I've done to the Breakfast Club and everybody to that person. Mm. And whack held his ground, I think. And I think this whack also did not have enough information. Like when he starts saying like, this is why I told there are so many things going through my head of like whack. Just say this, just say no, this, no, no. just point out this hold on, hold on. and whack just, he no, wasn't no, no, no. as well read on it as he could have been. No, no, no. Let me tell you this. And I already knew he was going to manage him. No, so no. he didn't want to go that hard. No, I think <laughs> whack is a very smart person. Have you seen whack on clubhouse, man? I mean, I listen to it on YouTube. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I think whack is 10 steps ahead of most people he argues with. Mm. People are thinking that Wack is just randomly getting into issues. Wack ain't like these niggas already, man. Why did the Nook Boys episode not come out? Oh, it was I, just too much bullshit. Okay. So th- we do, we do the episode. It's all good. Um, it was they were really supposed to promote some NFT or some shit too. Gmail, um, I and, got that. And what happened is they go back to Miami, and the Perkyo shit happens. Mm. The Perkyo shit happens, and it instantly places Nelk. One of the guys, Steve will do it Steve, yeah. as the guy who sets somebody up. Mm. Now what's happening is Dirk, who, you know, Nelk, Nelk got a whole situation. They be doing NFT. They help people do NFTs too. Mm. Dirk was about to do some shit with them. Now Dirk people is hitting them like, yo, like no. we were already <laughs> yeah. like cautious of working with you because you're cool with 6 9 right. or one of your guys. But now y'all are setting people up. Mm. Should we do business with y'all? They, they, they're like, no, fuck this. Damn. You get me? And episode one will come out. I mean, it makes sense. The Nug Boys are, a bit like, Nug Boys are learning their lesson about get, dealing with the street shit. It gets real complicated real quick. And their business and 6 9 business don't match. 6 mm. Nine's business is, let me get the most attention by saying whatever. Mm. Their business is, hey, let's strategically align ourselves with people who could help us get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And um, that shit never came out. Damn. But I, I do think he's fucking up right now by, by being quiet. That shit with Steve will do it was like the best recent example of him being a shitty guy slash like not really valuing the relationships that he has with people because like Steve's one of the only people besides you really who has like publicly embraced him and put him on the thumbnail all these vlogs with five million views and shit and then he just does that shit and it's like and I told him too I told him was crazy yo what six nine doesn't realize is like man you know how much shit you get for being aligned with them. For example, when he goes quiet, like, you know how many rappers have hit me up and be like, yo, yo, I'm so glad you stopped fucking with him. It makes it cooler <laughs> for me to do shit with you now. Right. Like, it's radioactive when he's over here constantly dissing mad people. And mm. the next week, I'm supposed to interview 21 Savage or, you know what I mean? Like, somebody else who's, like, maybe quasi-connected to a situation. Mm. And th- they might not give a fuck, but they're like, I'm going to look weird to other people. If I'm with his boy, who's also seemingly with him while he's doing all the crazy but shit. But like, think about the fact that he's viewed like that 
by most of like mainstream rappers. He's viewed yeah. as so toxic that you don't want to go sit in the same seat as him. And I will yo, admit, yo, he's really a good guy, though. I'm telling you the truth. Bet, but I mean, just the fact that he's kind of viewed that way, I feel like that's why he doesn't want to come out and release more music. Is because look what happens when he drops. Is that like everything he touched just seems to fucking like go bad or become controversial of like and, and this is the other thing with him too is that every time since he got out of jail that he re- released a music video it's got less views than the one that came before it and i mean he took okay. a two-year break and i'm pretty sure that's still the case with his new video if he keeps dropping those numbers are going to keep going down to the point where he's going to be looking like a regular ass rapper and then and then what happens? Then the mystique that he had built for all those years is just totally gone. Then you're just a regular guy. I mean, for him like releasing music is a big ass liability. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I I, I think I'm I don't co-sign most of his behavior, mm. but I will say I think it's fucked up. And I think it's a bad precedent that the DSPs blackball him. That, that, yeah, I mean, that it's it's not. It doesn't make that much sense logically. You know, the Tory thing is one thing. You want to no, you want to take I, R. I, Kelly I think, off playlist? I no, get I it. I don't agree with none of it. Even R. Kelly, I don't agree with none of it. I, I feel like if you're a DSP, I think what you should do, you should before slamming your users, and this is on Spotify. But I will say, if you're before slamming your users with these curated podcasts, learn about the user first. Mm. Like. If they're adverse to certain things, put artists that might be associated with those things out of their playlist. But, for example, if I pull up whatever popular uh, um, um, Spotify playlist, it shouldn't be the exact same as yours. Right. And I think only the record companies kind of force them to do that. But because play this, if, if, if I was in a situation where my girl was, you know, I don't know, like some Amber Heard, Johnny Depp shit, and like anything about you know, certain type of content might trigger me, just take those songs off or take those artists off. Right. Like but I, on yours, it's art, it's expression. I don't think, like if I own Rap Caviar, if I'm putting R. Kelly on there, or like, let's say the R. Kelly shit just happened. Like he Man, was R. Kelly he, a legend. R, he he was a popular musician a month ago and now everybody knows about all this crazy shit and you own Rap Caviar. I mean, you're owned by fucking Spotify, right? Like you want to remain brand safe. You want people to look at your shit. Like it's so easy for me to see why they would boot R. Kelly off the platform. Now no. the Tory thing, it's alleged. So maybe no. that's yo, a little yo, different. The six, nine thing though, he didn't even no. like, what did he do? He hold told on, like, on. that's not really, and, and we could talk removing about from a platform for telling is kind of weird, right? No, Definitely true. Yeah. But, but let's even talk about the R. Kelly thing. Right. Right. Which by the way, there's so many creeps, and so many weird and com- people convicted of shit. Like Tupac was convicted of some really heinous shit. Mm. Like where are we drawing the line? My my thing is always like, yo, give us the rules and just make it uniform. Right. Like that's not being fair if you're only going by the outrage at the moment. Mm. If you're going by the charge or the conviction, fine. But everybody with that charge or conviction, treat them accordingly. But that's mm. not the truth. Like I don't. Well, I ain't gonna lie. They don't. They kind of have blackballed uh, Chris Brown to a certain extent. But they're not gonna go d playlist somebody who's got fifty thousand monthly listeners who just shot his girl in the head, right? Because it's not a big. It's not a big story. Nobody's probably asking them to do it. But if you're not, if you, if you if you have you run a, a company, right? If you have rules that you only apply to certain people at certain times, do mm. you think that? Number one, that would be fair. Number two, you would get respected for it. It's definitely case by case. 
Because look, they tried to do that to X and R. Kelly, all this shit back in the day, and then they fucking they they gave up on the whole thing because of Kendrick. I mean, when 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 the rules are able to be tweaked this easily just because of like one person's outrage versus another person yeah, trying to was, take a stand. It was like Kendrick that fucking Yeah, because Kendrick just weirdly fucked with X. He tweeted this album for no reason out of the blue one day and then he like he didn't like publicly take a stand on behalf of X, but it was like very well reported on that that was the whole thing at the time. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy that these days, and I know, I know rappers, I remember when the Migos at one point, right? At one point they were all in shootouts. And by the way, the reason I'm saying this hypocrisy with even the R. Kelly shit, like, I, I won't have a moral conversation of what's, what's better, like, you know, um, like rape or murder. They're, they're right. both heinous, right? Right. But like, we have no problem with murders. Like a murderer, to right. keep it real, a murderer getting playlists. You clap a nigga, you are getting, that's like a playlist for life. K-Flock, nobody even thought about taking him off playlist, right? Yeah, hell no. <laughs> and, and this is a person where we've seen the video of him killing someone basically versus Tori allegedly shot somebody. I mean, exactly. that that's like, think about that. That makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it's bugged that, out. Yeah. That's the point where I'm like, yo, if we have a moral conversation, you start yeah. realizing there's no lie. Yeah. But like, like in, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at like just most artists and how everybody's moving, like everyone wants to remain brand friendly. I remember the Migos start hitting me and they were like, yo, yo, act, could you not post? They would ask me like, could you not post up about like, we just got in a brawl. Like, yo, we're trying to change our image. I remember P hit me about that. I'm like, the fuck? Right. Like, yo, y'all had a song called Fight Night. I'm trying not to pussy out like Fight Night. Like, yo, y'all had all these songs about violence, but they were getting mainstream. Mm. These days, hip hop is at the point where it's in your benefit to be very brand friendly. Like, even me now, it's like certain things, because I know there's a certain visibility on certain things I do, I won't even go or even try to like you know tackle certain stuff just because um i want to stay in that zone mm. and i've been in that zone but you, you want to hear a good example like that is that so somebody on my social media team posted the clip of ybn namir banging crip and threatening to sh shoot somebody's mom or whatever yeah and he's in the comments right away like delete this or yada yada and so somebody on the team hits me. They're like, I know you know Namir. Like, should we delete it? I'm like, hell no. Don't delete it. It's already on a bunch of other pages. Yeah. You know, it was already on some other shit, even though I think we might have been the first people to post on Instagram. Yeah, I definitely were. It was on a bunch of other shit, too. Because, so because, because we reposted, but we, 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 we left out the part where he he threatened to shoot the mom's <laughs> right. ass up. And I, like, I was, was like, fuck it, we ain't deleting it. And then I see you make a video about it. And I'm like, all right. Like, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't delete it because it would have been so fucking pointless and stupid for us to delete it if everybody else is going to end up talking about it you know yeah it's one of those things where like yo, i'm gonna be honest with you and i'm wondering how you take it because i feel like you guys have built the business model that it, that kind of says fuck the 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 sponsors in a sense where we're not reliant on you mm. and for me as edgy as i still try to be it's like you can't jump out the window mm. you know what i mean it's like but um, i don't think that posts about Namir no, no, I'm saying not, that was, but but definitely, I mean, it's not a great look for him for sure. Yeah, no, no. And, and, and I mean, that's where two things come into <laughs> yeah. to like you know, it, it, it cross sex right or intersects right. Like number one, like for me, I'm, I try to stay above water. Like mm. before, I'm like, yo, yo, we're deep sea diving. Like we don't mm. give a fuck. Like right, like we be posting about, yo, if if somebody was clowning 
if somebody had a picture of somebody dead, like we wouldn't show the dead body, but we're posting what they said. Right. Like, yo, it's, it's remember when some people were saying stuff about Vaughn? Mm. I, I think we, you know, gladly we graduated from that point, but there was a point it was just like, nah, people want to see this. And that, that was like, okay, what's your boundary? And then it was the, there's another boundary for like very sensitive topics where I know brands don't like. Mm. Like for example, I, I have a lot of you, the, the whole, the mass shooting shit, mm. like the mass shooting shit, like, a lot of the people who are fucking with like, you know, even our show, um, they they want they were a little nervous. They were like, hey, if you guys have content talking about that type of stuff, um, before we actually, you know, align with brand partners, could we see it before? Mm. And I was like, damn, yeah. that, that's kind of sensitive. I guess it's sensitive, right? Yeah. Like, but I could talk all day about every cash. Right. But that particular, that mass shooting was just so, you know, it was so brand, you know, sensitive. And I'm like, fuck, you know what I mean? Now I'm like, yo, I, I used to talk about certain domestic um, violence cases and mm -hmm. kind of like just give real opinion. I stay away from that shit now. Yeah, like the other day, somebody on my team hit me with the Yak Gotti snat, uh, snitch accusations. Like yeah. really early on, they were, they had read through all of it. It was like early on in that day, they had read through all of it. They were totally convinced he is a snitch, yada, yada. And I'm like, you know, running around doing 5 million things and I'm reading it and I'm just like, bro, number one, I'm cool with this guy. I'm friends with this guy. I've been around him. I feel like I owe him the benefit of the doubt. Number two. Yeah, for some people, you got to get a benefit of that. What is like, like, what does this do for me? We post about this. Say we're first. We're the first ones who break the news about somebody being a snitch. There's almost no upside for it. Uh, for us you know it is cool to be like the most authoritative news source or whatever if you're the first to post about something that's cool but the negative outweighs the positive by so much and it's like if this is real by the end of the day everyone's gonna already yeah. have the full story adam you're at where i'm at where it's like i don't want to be first these right. days on that <laughs> in particular well i mean on a lot of things right yeah. on certain things that i know won't be news and that i'm a hundred thousand percent sure on mm. I, I don't want to be first and I, right. i'm like being first in those mm. but these days like we're big enough brands and platforms let somebody else throw it out first right and let the feelers happen and then afterwards be like Yo, okay this is kind of okay you see some real official shit now we could post it right because you know what you know what's gonna happen only when you're a small outlet, you think I need to be first to be seen. Mm -hmm. These days, whenever I post it, it's going to be seen. Right. Probably the most. Right. So now it's like, I have the pressure of not being wrong. Like, yeah. if I'm ever wrong, like, sometimes people, like, when someone dies, they're like, uh, and been a few times where, you know, someone's in critical condition mm -hmm. or they're on life support. And everybody's tweeting R.I.P., yo, whatever, whatever. And, like, we have to make sure literally that they've checked the pulse and the fucking heart meter is just yeah. said it's dirt. because if we're wrong, you know, I, I seen with Jason Lee, like he I was, was just wrong. thinking about that one. Yeah. I don't know if there was any blowback for that. The though. queen. I mean, he picked somebody who one of the most famous people in the world, but also from? totally irrelevant to, to like our culture, hip hop, et cetera. If, if, if so said, like Drake died, they're done. Oh my they're God. Done. Yeah. They're done. Holy shit. That's crazy to even think about it. what would happen to your outlet. If you got that wrong. Yeah. You can't get that wrong. But, but, but like I was 
And, and I think they quietly put out. They're like, yeah, I, I, you know, we were we got some bad information that we. Because Jason was standing on it for days yeah. when he had everybody trying to get him retracted. And this is after the Tasha K. Shit. You know, you know, Tasha yeah, K. Yeah. Made all us like platforms just kind of because like really we aren't journalists. So now we all look just like weird. We look like weird because of her. We look like weirdos trying to make a story out of a non-story right. and usually exaggerating or lying to make it happen. Which a bunch of YouTubers realistically are. Yes, you know, 100%. but it's just like. You, you at a certain point with our platforms, you have to start taking your responsibility serious. To Yo, the, once the you truth. get big enough, yeah, you know, like once you get big enough, like you don't even want to play the semantics game, right? Like, for example, you, you don't even want to put the well, like say say yeah, Gotti never acknowledges her, right? Mm-hmm. You would never want to be the platform that puts out like this is what allegedly happened. Because now people forget the allegedly. Like, usually that's how people code their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we said allegedly. Right. No. The only way I would cover that is if Yak Gotti sees other small pages sent into him. I think I did cover it, too. Mm-hmm. So he responded. So I'm like, okay, I'll cover it now that you responded. But I don't want to be one of the outlets perpetuating this rumor. Right. Because people almost look at rumors like facts. And then once all the details of it came out, it began to look to me like a really complicated scenario where he had given a statement where that he thought he had immunity on. And then that ended up being used like as part of a, a plea deal or whatever. And then that ended up being rerouted and used as part of the Rico. So if, if our page had said he's a snitch, I would feel really uncomfortable with that because it sounds like he gave a statement in a situation where he thought that it couldn't possibly be used against him. So it's like, you know, you lose that nuance and like, I don't want to be the first person just heaping shit on somebody's name for sure. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even tripping on that type of shit. I, I mean, um, wait, wait, by the way, where are you with, with Lil, you know, Lil Pump called me after he called you, right? What did he say? Well, I, I, he was about to do an interview with me. <coughs> then he went oh, to Paris. Lord. And, um, so I was talking to him and he's like, yo, I got fuck with you, man. So I'm like, yo, Let's do this interview. And he's like, yo, yo, I'm about to drop. I'm about to go crazy. I'm about to like, yo, I'm just back. And I'm like, cool. I think he was on Molly. And it was daytime like in Paris. That's what I'm saying. But like when he called me, it was like eight in the morning. And I'm like, there's no way that. Do you feel responsible though? <laughs> For what? Him falling off? No. Or him so being on Molly. So part of the conversation, <laughs> I won't get too deep into it. But part of the conversation, he was just like, and I think that that's why he feels personal. There's certain people like. My my relationship with six nine. I'm gonna tell him before years online. He ain't gonna be like, yo, my nigga. Did, did you just say that about me online? Like I'm telling him. Mm. I've been telling him he gonna fall off for the longest. So if I say it online, he'll be like, well, you told me like a million times, right? Right. I think with and this is what Pump told me. He felt like you, like because he feels he was instrumental in your come up, mm. and y'all at one point were kind of like you know symbiotic to each other. That. You saying shit like that was just you trying to kick him when he's down more than you being really constructive. And he, and he pretty much in a roundabout way saying, Ack, if you said it, I didn't give a fuck. Right. But Adam saying it, and he was just like, yo, like, he was just like, he was taking drugs with us, like that type of shit. You know what I mean? And, 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 and like, you, you seem pretty clean now. Like, you don't yeah, fucking. I don't get fucked up at all. I smoke weed, that's it. But no, I, I like I'm sure that Pump took something that I said that I felt was me being fair and like something that we could still be cool 
having said, because you know there's a way that you talk about blank rappers I won't even bother to bring up who fell off and you just sort Name of them. make like it clear. D- you always talk about D Savage, right? Yeah, what happened to him? I don't know. But Finished. he had a Vlad interview the other day. Really? So that, that's good. But uh, well, That's surely just giving that nigga an interview. That nigga's washed. <laughs> but like, all right, you, <laughs> you will talk about him differently than you talk about Lil Pump being washed, right? Because yeah. you have more of a, a love. For someone you hate versus someone you fuck with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about Pump, I thought, in a way of like being constructive or like keeping it real about him, maybe not making the best decisions in his career without me being mean about it. The thing is, is I'm sure his standard for how I should talk to him is different, right? Yeah, I, I think Ugly Guy was probably the only person that maybe it's delivery to. A lot of times when I'm saying this shit, like I'm frustrated with these guys. Like I'm like I talk to them in back channels and like on the phone, mm. and like I'm giving them advice. Right. Like I'm telling these guys to drop music, and most of them are telling me no. Like, like some of these niggas tell me they're scared to flop. And I'm just like, and I I'm really all like, are. yo, you niggas is pussies. They all are because, dude, like you know, like like the be- like the best thing that Perp could do if he wanted to revive his career is to drop a fire project, right? But if he drops a project that he thinks is fire and it sells a couple thousand copies or whatever in the first week, then that's just like the Yo, most the negativity he's Herb ever going to get. The best thing he could do, and all of these guys, like I think Ugly Guy's about to get active again. Mm. The best thing, and, and, and I would tell him this, whether publicly or on, on the phone to him, none of them will listen to I guarantee it. Mm. That ego y'all used to have is dead. It's over. Like right. you guys' career is just not at where it's at. You could be delusional. You're not selling shit. I will watch all your analytics. Y'all all have been losing millions of Insta. Pump lost like four or five million Instagram followers. Damn, I didn't like, even know that. L- Ugly guy lost like a million and a half. Like, bro, like shit isn't like we're not gonna pretend like this is where y'all dropped that big hit. But when you Here's- say something like that, it's like, how could I possibly be held accountable for saying that? His career is not doing that good. I don't even know if I ever used the words like fell off because that feels a little bit mean, right? But I mean, when you're losing four or five million well, followers, well, I mean, well, what are we talking about? Well, do you say like what I say with solutions most times? I sound like you. Right. Like what I say to those guys is this. You you need to come back and reestablish yourself. But, but reestablish yourself means this. You got to kill that ego. If mm-hmm. Perp came out now and said, yo, listen. I don't even think he's on label. He was on Alamo. He could be like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm back independent. Yo, it's been a while. Yo, wh- whether they were going through some shit and like you could gain people back on your side. That's what I think the mirror got to do. The ego is why people are clowning you for falling off because you used to be the big nigga talking shit and shit usually rolls downhill and everybody used to take it. And when you don't have the numbers no more, people are looking at you trying to on a false fake bravado still have the same image the same the same ego people keep like you know what people re- i guarantee if if, if namir if namir was just like yo yo guys like i haven't been myself i've haven't put out the best music recently but yo i'm back committed i'm not doing most of the shit that was distracting me and i'm hoping y'all could give me another chance i'm telling you people are forgiven bro but most of these rappers are caught up in the image that they used to have they're they're scared to even just say that. You know why? I think with with Perp and Pump, the J Cole factor. Like J Cole mm. been said, where y'all were y'all at now? Y'all were gonna be. Mm. So y'all don't wanna if y'all came out and said it. Remember it was back then as soon as Cole said it, it was like y'all buying a million buying an eight million dollar house. What the fuck are you talking about? Now if you say it, people are just gonna like make it a meme even more. Yeah. But these guys got to kill the ego. But though. the music is part of the problem too, though, because like Namir, I fuck with Namir, but. Namir drops music and people get 
viral tweets off just making oh, fun yeah. of his music. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I Yo. seen one the other day. I don't even know where the fuck the song came from. It was a new Namir song. I saw it. It had like, you know, 10,000 likes, making fun of a song. I clicked that shit right away. I'm like, Yo, yeah. I know there's another yeah. one because he sent, yo, he, like, Yachty was sitting where you're sitting. He was like, Yo, act, do you post it for people to roast him? I'm like, I actually have no problem with Namir. Namir messaged me the songs and I actually post them up for him as soon as he messaged me. Really? And he's like, because Yachty was like, like you had five thousand comments. Like, didn't you see that they're all roasting? I'm like, well, I guess it did. But like, I'm thinking maybe some people are. But like, for the most part, he's getting roasted on the shit. Yeah. And I think Yadi was just kind of looking at it, and and he said it. I think he pretty much just said it. Like, he's not making good music. And I think what's happening is that the clout era. And I had that conversation with Yadi, and I would love to have it with you. Is like that that it's over. Yeah. And I and I think it was over. It was over kind of when, um, kind of when Six Nine went to jail, or like around when X died. But that was when it died. Uh, when it was over, some people might continue to when Juice World passed mm. away, but that shit ended before twenty twenty. And those artists, the music don't hit no more. Mm. The gimmicks don't fly no more. They're not funny. It's just. I've never seen an era just be like it's it's not even a ushering out period. It's just that shit's just corny. You can't imagine anybody doing what Pump was doing and what all these guys who got super viral were doing then. Yeah. Doing that shit now and it working. The book era, that shit is a dub. There's a vibe shift, dude, because it's like not only is Pump not going to be able to go viral from like w- w- all the stupid shit he used to be doing, pouring lean down his throat, throwing a Gucci shirt out the window, whatever the fuck he was doing. But you couldn't really imagine anyone blowing up with that. Like the public consciousness just evolves and people start to want more from the people that they fuck with. Sometimes I feel like in rap though, we're almost like between eras because I just, I see what so, I don't know because I feel like there's so few popping artists coming out that the, the only street one, era. the street era for sure. But sometimes I feel like even that is kind of like, Towards the latter tail of it because so nah, many of those dudes are locked up and all shit. Right, well, well, see, we're gonna get out of it when they all get locked up. You know? Like, but, but you gotta think about it. Like, Dirk, shit, it was, yeah. it was, King Von was in there. For sure. The, the, the real gangster era right now, for sure. But it just feels like that, like, has its back against the wall in some ways, too, man. Which I think that always comes about. I think there's a new era that's gonna be birthed kind of shortly, and that mm-hmm. era is gonna include the youth. And it's either going to be, I don't think it's going to be some new drill shit out of New York because I think they're all no. getting locked up too. And that shit is just so stale. Already. And this is where Yeet comes in. Yeah. And I keep having that conversation to say, the there's always a non-street faction or a non-street part of hip hop that the kids are into and that the kids are going to gravitate towards just like how they gravitated going into 2015, 2016 with Uzi mm. and Yachty and all those people. What's that era going to look like? What's the music? And the closest I've seen is Yeet. I just don't see a bunch of follow-up to him. Some mm. people have said, what's that guy named Autumn? Yeah, there's that whole new like SoundCloud wave that everybody's trying to push down your throat and tell you like SoundCloud is back. But then realistically, it's like not many of those artists are really doing that crazy of numbers. Yo, I can't name a Yeet song. I kind of fuck with the Yeet thing. Nah, but I, it, I can't it, name a song, bro. It's not really like sticking with me. Like, I, like we, we I were listening to it for a couple of weeks, and I noticed that even the people in the audience who were listening to him kind of just stopped listening to him. Yadi said, Yadi said his show was like 
like you go there and it's like 13 year olds yeah it's like it's like the tiktok crowd they're saying his monthly listeners are already going down and shit so really? i don't know how don't so, know. so what the fuck are we doing in music then like like what era is it now like i think but we're lucky because we get to adapt well not we're lucky that we got to adapt. we're lucky that we've adapted we're so far lucky that we adapt because imagine if you were still on that wave and i've also thought about this you ever thought about the chicken or the egg effect mm. for example like some people might say well act we didn't give a fuck about chicago new drill rappers as much as when you stopped doing the war in chirac mm. and i also felt that yo not only did i stop to grow but i i stopped feeling like that era was gonna happen so it's like Somebody might look at you and be like, yo, Adam, well, part of reason why SoundCloud rappers died is because your platform started focusing on it. Do you think that's what it is? Or do you think that, no, it's, it's just nah. you're following the change that eventually was going to happen. Because I had, like, all those years I was in the store, I really had my ear to the ground in the sense that, like, these rappers were just literally coming in all the time. And I, like, saw how it just kind of slowed up. And I saw how the public interest, too, just kind of just took a nosedive. And I, I feel like the 6 9 getting locked up. I feel like 6 9 almost, like, ended SoundCloud in general because he took the aesthetic and some of the visual elements and just took it to the extreme where, like, it's kind of easy to forget this, but it was a little bit tough to be a little pump at the moment where six, nine was on top of the world because it's like you're a little pump and yes, you do drugs and you have a lot of cool clothes and your music's all right. But like six, nine's like in real beef running around with real gangsters. His music's going crazier. Yeah. Six, nine kind of like made the attention on a lot of people a lot less. And then all of a sudden six, nine goes away and the attention already was like kind of diminishing. But I mean, really, what, what he what? sucked the life out of that whole movement yeah. because he went to that almost top five status when he had the Fifi song going, he had the Spanish song. Going. It felt like, oh shit, these little fringe guys could actually be mainstream. And then he gets locked up, and then people are already taking away attention from the other dudes, and now he's gone. So it's like, but the crazy thing about it is that we'll never get to see or know if and how 6ix9ine would have fell off organically if it wasn't because you know and i'm I, I would give him a better chance of having survived and still being popular if it wasn't for the the case just because i think he's a lot smarter than a lot of the average soundcloud rappers like i feel like his ability to adapt would have been better than a lot of them but i mean almost all of them fell off at a certain point like we will never get to know if x would have fallen off you know i don't think so but we'll never we'll never get to know maybe Juice World like like we never got to see a fifty year old Tupac, so we never got to know what Tupac's career later on would have been like. Well, well we're seeing OGs now, like mm. yo Cardi's an OG. <laughs> yeah, yo Cardi got so many kids. Some mm. people would say that Yeet is like one of the people that fall under the Cardi tree. Because even though I never technically interviewed yeah uh, uh, Cardi like he he came out at the same time I came out like he was an underground rapper in 2016 he came through the store a couple of times and like very much like now like the same way I was just saying that people will like give me the legend card now that I didn't wasn't really expecting like Cardi's been around long enough that people yeah they're looking at him like an OG because like how did you survive this long but a lot of people falling off bro like you see Post Malone they're talking about his album and yeah. saying it sold like shit and the reviews are horrible that that kind of blew my mind like damn like a yo, lot of people's spots are not solidified yo I knew Cardi felt no not Cardi I knew Cardi was an OG when Cardi hit me up and be like yo act it's like yo I, I know I know you have your reasons and I know how you get down but please could you chill up off young bands? Cause he's working with me 
And like, he's like my little bro and I'm bringing him along. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yo, I was like, wait, you're the OG for young bands? Well, well, that shit was crazy to me. But but back to the um, Post Malone shit. I think Post Malone, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was listening to the interview we did with our full send. It's the biggest example of why, and I know this is going to sound crazy, Dick Ryan, why Drake is so good. Mm. And let me lay in the plane on this. Post Malone, at least from what I heard and even listened to the album, he's literally saying, I got bored of being so good at music. Mm. I got bored of being so successful. I got so numb to the feeling and the ecstasy that came along with all these Billboard topping singles, these albums that were going crazy, selling out arenas, that I wasn't motivated. Mm. Drake has literally... And this is one of the reasons why I always say, like, if the conversation was ever in existence that Drake would be competing with, like, um, uh, 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 Kendrick, it's over when you realize, do you know what passion you have to have to consistently? And I think I think about what we do, too. Mm. You know what I mean? It goes back to the when we had that last conversation. And you, you told me, like, you were having passions outside of this. Like you you already have success. And I was like, one thing about Drake, that nigga, his only passion has only been in music. Mm. We don't know if he have any other passions in life. Yeah. You it's know? very hard for somebody to manage really being truly passionate about multiple things at Especially once. Especially when you made it to the top. Yeah. Like you're, you're at the top of the media shit mm. when it comes to hip hop. It's, it's, it's kind of is natural to be like, all right, this doesn't excite me as it once did when I was climbing that hill. Mm. Drake's been at the top. He's dropping another tape, like, shortly. Michael Jordan went and played baseball. You know? That is fucking true. And I'm very bad with basketball metaphors, but it's like, you know, he could have... And, and, okay, you see it with UFC fighters and shit. That's something I pay more attention to, where you'll have a fighter like Conor McGregor who's got fucking 20 wins as the champion in a row, and then it's like... It's so hard for these dudes to just stay focused and just keep knocking motherfuckers out every couple months because they start to want to do other things. They want to be in movies. They want to fight in a bigger. They want to go to a bigger weight class to challenge some other shit. They want to push themselves and stuff. Like you really got to respect somebody like fucking uh, Izzy Stylebender who uh, is like he's the champion and he keeps fucking everybody up in his weight class and he doesn't seem like he's all that interested in going and fighting in heavier and heavier dudes or whatever he's like no i'm gonna run this weight class for as long as possible and i'm gonna focus on my longevity and i think that's what drake does is that drake could easily be a movie star i've you have you know? asked him that question so I remember he had asked me because he knows I'm one of his biggest fans. So, right. he, so he says, what are you realistically expecting from my album? And I was just like, and this was before Certified Loverboy. I was like, I want to see you do some new shit. Mm. And when I said, when I think about new shit, I would love if it was packaged. We got a double disc already. How about like a movie, this and third? And I forgot what he said about the movie thing, but like he, he wasn't, he didn't bite at it as I thought he would. You know, he was just more like about music, music, music. And I'm really thinking like, yo, motherfucker, you've been running this motherfucking game for like a good 12, 13 years. Like, when do you have other, like, I think Jay-Z got bored with music a bunch of times. I mean, he retired at the height of his career because he had this vision of him being this mogul and having all these artists and everything, which 
Drake could have already pulled that card a long ass time ago. You know, like he could have easily done the Rihanna thing and like be at the height of your career and just be like, eh, I'm not going to drop for five years. The Kendrick thing, really. You know, it's like he clearly is very singular in his obsession with this thing. And I think that if Drake were to go and do a movie and be a movie star, I think he realistically knows from having studied hip hop that dudes just are not able to be massive movie stars and be like the number one rapper at the same time. Like somehow one kind of eliminates the other. I feel like, yeah, but like he's ran rap. So like for so long, it got, this got to be easy for him. So that's what I'm saying. He's never like added something else to to the challenge. Mm. It's crazy. Anyway, yo, I do want to ask you because you're one of the, there's two interviews you got that people, um, I've been in bills. I remember being in complex and people were tight. Really? Yeah, mad. Mm. They were mad that you got the interview with J. Cole. Mm. And some people were very shocked that you got the interview with Doug. Mm. Doug's locked up now. Right. Um, what do you think about that whole shit? The Rico case. I mean, A, I just want to make it clear. I hope for the best for him. That, like, I just think that if we have to go the rest of our, you know, if we have to go 10 or 20 years without hearing a new Thug album, that's just a travesty. You know, that's like the saddest thing I can imagine because I've been loving his music for like 10 years plus. Uh, In terms of if it seems bad for him, I mean, you're closer to the evidence and everything. But, yeah, I keep seeing things day after day that don't look good at all. Um in terms Did you of like connect with his team, like after that shit, I went and hung out with it, like around his team a couple of times. Like I remember I, I went to the fucking uh, studio one, or I went to like this house one time with a uh, Desto Dub and 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 uh, Duke was in the studio and he was fucking killing the whippet thing. Like he was doing so many goddamn whippets and it fucking blew my mind. But I, you know, I've been around his team and shit. What's Not, up with that whippet shit, man? I don't know, it gives you like a thirty second head high. So for thirty seconds, you're like. All right, so after 30 seconds, do you still feel it or like it's... I feel like if you do it over and over and over, it kind of like builds up in your body and people will like feel good and stuff, but it's like the ultimate drug that you have to... Like like Coke. You do a line of Coke, you're going to want another line of Coke 15, 20 minutes later. If, really? Or less. With those whippet things, I swear to God, I've seen people going through whole cases of it. Like, Is it like helium? It's it, it, You would think because it's just like a metal cartridge that you fucking crack into. and and uh, But I don't know why I'm even talking about that. But I just remember seeing mad people doing that at fucking uh, this, this YSL house I went to one time. The J. Cole thing was weird because I just had a mutual friend who had told J. Cole about me and J. Cole had been interested in me or whatever. And then J. Cole just stops by the store one day. So it wasn't like a planned out interview. And I wish that I had been able to just be like hey let's go back and do the interview i don't even think i said that because it was so weird and spontaneous like i'm literally at the house getting into the shower smoking a blunt and i just see my phone j cole is here and it's like early in the day like the store opened at noon and it's like 12 30 or one or some shit and the employees telling me that so i i was already i had to get in the shower at that point i fucking stank and i just fucking run to my car and i just rip over to the store and i see j cole and he had been standing around for like 15 20 minutes just like chilling waiting for me and we just had this like weird 15 minute conversation i'm like totally out of breath and it was like the nicest guy ever we just had a cameraman there just filmed it oh shit and it was like but but then actually like around christmas time i had hit him and tried to like lock the interview in and he did the thing that like dudes never do which is he like called me and gave me like a 15 minute conversation just talking about a life b telling me random interviews that he fucked with of mine and c explaining why he didn't really want to do the interview or he felt like 
for him. It wasn't the right time or whatever. And I seen he had a Nardwar interview come out right after that. So I feel like that might have been part of it that like he likes to spread his shit fuck out. But I mean, it was just like kind of like it was nah, so he does seem like a nice guy. That's so much more than I expected. Like I ask people to do interviews all the time and they either, like people I fuck with and they leave me on red for two months and then they hit me back and say, hey, let's do the interview or whatever. You know, he, he, he gave me this full phone call. They like, he was just so nice. I'm like, how the fuck are you still so well adjusted, dude? Like you just yo with the top tier artists, I don't even try. Like mm. you, I like if, if I had Drake now, he'll probably hit me usually with that back within the hour. Mm. I'll never ask him for an interview. Like mm. I, I, I feel like you're just setting yourself up for this. You know, those type of guys move when they want to. Exactly. They it's only like, they only do shit they want to, and like whatever their plan is, I don't even try, bro. If if I'm Drake and you or me DM him and say, "Yo, like let's do an interview," it's like I would almost be offended of like you don't think that I'm 10 steps ahead of you in terms of what interview I'm going to do. Like yeah. motherfucker, I'm Drake. Like I got a fucking plan. Yeah. I, I, I already know what I'm going to do and, and I don't, I, like I don't has, need you to propose it yeah, to me. I feel like he has a bunch of like, you know, associations with yeah. like other people just more than me too. But when you see like him do the rap radar interview and his team edited it, did he? Yeah. It's on his YouTube channel. I mean, these, these are like the things that somebody would do if they were, fanatically concerned with how they're perceived. And I think that that's kind of part of what you can chalk his longevity up to is that he's such a micromanager mm. that he takes it to the extreme. He's like, you know, like, yeah, you didn't do one for this, this album. Mm. I've been waiting on Kendrick to do it. Kendrick did some random Spotify big stuff boy thing. before. He did like 20 minutes with big boy, but who uh, Kendrick recently? Yeah. Like right when the album came out. I thought I was old. Big Boy just put some random shit. I, mean, I thought that too, but then I clicked on it and I felt like he was talking about current shit, but I also don't want to say 100%. No, because I never heard anybody talk about it afterwards, so maybe you're right. Nah, that shit was old, man. Yeah, people would have talked. You're right. Like, like, so, like, in the period, like, he did do random stuff in between this album, but nothing around the time is coming out at all. Right. Like, he was just in Ghana playing soccer, dog. I know. And that's why it's weird, kind of, when people are like, oh, his album sales. And it's like, well, he, he did about as little as he possibly could have done to have promoted this album. You think you don't fuck with Top Dog? Like, like it gotta be some shit. Like, like why? Do you think it's weird that artists get so big and they act like they don't even want the shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, I remember where at Rutgers University, we booked Kendrick Lamar for 3,500 bucks. I was the DJ. What year? 2011. <laughs> Motherfucker flew. I think it was an all-in cost. Mm. He probably lost money. Right. Uh, or maybe they flew them separately. But I knew his fee was $3,500. Mm. Bro, he went above and beyond what the requirements was. Really? And it's kind of sad that, like, the more artists get into their career, they just get into this weird, like, a weirdo space where they Isolated. don't want to talk. Mm. They don't want to express themselves. They act like they're going through shit in life that no one could relate to. And also, it's like a scarcity scarcity factor. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I get it. Like, you know, maybe, you know, like, it's drastically changed your life where people are just, like, all in your shit. But, like, God damn it, nigga. Like, you tell me you can't put out music constantly. You tell me you can't speak to people. Like, these people just, they're like space aliens. We're watching. The, our best chance of a J. Cole interview now mm. is after he probably goes one of ten in basketball and him having a post-game press conference. <laughs> He's playing fucking basketball. Yeah. No, okay, I got a good example for you that I'll compare to the Drake thing. So I was, I'm reading Will Smith's biography, and he's talking about how he knew early in his career that he wanted to be the biggest movie star alive, you know? So he kind of 
studied the game and just looked at everything that he could possibly do to get himself into that position. He turned down roles that he didn't think were right for him that paid so much money to focus on the types of roles that he thought would get himself into that position of being like at the very top of the game. And one of the things that, uh, fuck, did I really just forget what I was going to say? You talking about Will Smith, <laughs> the biggest cuck possible. That's my, that used to be my guy. Oh, man. Why did I forget? Oh, no, no. This was it. This was it. So even after he was already a movie star, right, he realized that, like, the thing that's going to really be able to make him huge is if he's doing crazy amounts of publicity and like his movies doing really well overseas so he like commits himself to doing for each movie like two or three months of being overseas meeting fans signing shit and like basically promoting Ooh. these movies overseas That's which is why. like if you're somebody who just wants to like be an actor have a good life make millions of dollars etc like two or three months away from your family yeah, just like I would never fucking do that. Like I don't give a fuck about like if 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 that was gonna be the thing that made me by far the biggest podcaster in the world or whatever. I'm still not doing it. I want to go promote shit for two or three months. But like the fact yeah. that he cared that much about being the king of movies, that he was able to take that much time away from his family. I mean, that is the mentality of a sick fuck who's gonna get to the top because he's that singular in what he wants. People like. Will Smith and even like uh, I think Kobe Bryant where like they're divorced like mm. even Skip Bayless Skip Bayless says he don't even got kids he don't want to mm. like this is this is how this thing's like 70 because for sure having kids takes away from what you're trying to do with your of career course. you know like Shit, I, 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 got I, a I feel right now. I might get rid of that little nigga <laughs> I'm like yeah. yo yo if he bark once when I'm streaming I might ship him out man like listen I I think that's the reason I don't got kids you got kids mm. where you get your second kid I don't know maybe a year or two yo speaking of which what Back to the Will Smith shit. What did you think about that? I'm excited to hear what you think <laughs> just because I think Will Smith is just a natural born cook. When you read that book, you really understand that Charlie Will Smith, the same way that Will Smith is like pathologically obsessed with being successful as a movie star, he makes it very clear that since early in his life, he treated the happiness of his woman like basically the scale by which he rates and judges himself so if his really? wife is on cloud nine if her happiness is on a 10 then he's on a 10 because basically like through the way he grew up with his dad abusing his mom and all this shit he basically like kind of got traumatized into like really like feeling like he needed like his woman's happiness was the only way to judge himself and so i feel like seeing his dad beat the shit out of his mom and being powerless to do it, being treated like a cornball for his entire career, having the consensus of the whole rap community, even when he's super popular B, oh, he's a corny dude or whatever, you know, like knowing that his girl used to be with Tupac or whatever and knowing that Tupac was this gangster, it's like you can really see how all this shit kind of like culminated into that moment for him where he felt like he had to really show out to defend his girl. And ultimately I don't think it was good. I think it was probably really, really bad for his movie career. And I think it's probably really bad for his relationship with his wife from what I, I could tell. I just think that guy natural born cut, man. Like, and I think she's fucked up. I think she's evil. Well, I mean, I think Will Smith falls into, unfortunately, like there's a criteria, there, there's an archetype of... I, would, uh, I think white men are included in this. But we're it's just corny men, mm. and by the way, it's not a bad thing. But unfortunately, if your woman has seen an experience, like if she dated a rapper, mm. that's what I think honestly happened with um, 
Lori Harvey. She dated Future. And I guarantee Future proposed to her, she's marrying that fool. Right. But this guy, she's looking at him like, yo, I could circle a block and come back around. Yeah. She want to go date Moneybag Yo or something like that. And that's what's crazy is that like young stuff. a lot of guys think, I want this woman, so I'm going to pour everything I have into building this thing with her. And the truth is, is that you doing that, you have to be really careful with your, you making her feel secure is like your superpower that if you're in a relationship with her, only you can really do that. And if you make her feel too secure, a lot of women will show their true colors and take advantage of you with that shit. And I, I've seen it myself in my, in my olden days of just running around fucking all these random girls and stuff. I would meet a random girl at the bar and for whatever reason, maybe cause I'm drunk, maybe just because I thought she was particularly hot or whatever, I would start to actually like treat her a lot nicer than I would treat the average girl that I met. And all of a sudden I'm like, yo, go to dinner with me or some shit like that. Just like trying to actually do the thing where you show her more respect than the average girl. And over and over and over, I would see how it would just blow up in my face that like I could fuck the girls that I was treating normal or not great. And then the girls that I would really try to like put on a pedestal or that I really fucked with and like maybe liked a little too much that it would come back to bite me in the ass, which is I think you see with a lot of these dudes who are like too corny where they're not enough of themselves. Like if you just allow your girl to just take, take, take and just chomp away at your independence to the point where they kind of control too much of your life, then you've just given up too much like an ideal relationship relationship you know like in my relationship my girl knows that i just i tell her what i'm gonna do and that's just kind of it like you know Bro, we, you're we, fucking we, other girls like that but we like, compromise you, on a lot you, of shit but you, like you, you got a different type trust hey, me there's you, a lot of times when she would rather i chill go well, hang out with her all day do whatever and it's like no i'm fucking in the office like 10 hours a day and you can't like even at times where she's wished that i was around more she just knows that i just am my own person there's only so much you can really ask for me outside of that uh, th th that is true mm. not nah, and also we fuck bitches together so yeah yeah that i that i give you credit for i, th I think you've been watching um, um the fresh and fit you know what i mean you've been you've been getting your, your tips on you know uh i'm a high value man yeah, now rest in peace kevin yeah i know you had kevin on the show hey do you what do you think about the whole manosphere thing um i, I would i would argue that you would be what um Maybe a little bit of both. You would be what they would be using as an example of, hey, if you're in high, because I'm like some of the philosophies I think is dangerous. Because mm. number one, here's the thing. Like me and you are, are, are like just on income, super high up. Like it's not, it's not near average, even way above average. Mm. Right. And I think there's a bunch of dudes who feel like they could run around and they could be fucking 20 girls and they could just be telling their girls like whatever, whatever. And I think that's my only problem with like the philosophy. Mm. Like I love my guys from Fresh and Fit and I think Kevin was really dope. But um, people look at that type of thing to think that women are going to tolerate like polygamy. Mm. Like, I, I think that's what it's kind of turned into. Right. And Which I, is super weird because it's like, to me, the only dudes who get to request that or get that in the relationship are dudes who are just bringing so much more to the table than the woman. Now, Grant, if you're like Jay-Z and Beyonce, I would assume that Beyonce is not going to be like, okay, we're, we're, you can go yeah, fuck whoever. Your homies out there, like, if you're motherfucking Diddy, like, yo, Diddy, Diddy's on the thing with Young Miami and he literally says to her, he says, so she says, so what are we? Are you single? He says, I'm single. You know, she says, well, I'm not single. 
and she basically just accepts it that he's gonna do what he wants but she wants to just be with him and it's one of those things where like that's a fucking billionaire you know what i mean yeah like yo you're a city girl and that's a billionaire but i can't imagine that fresh and fit are really trying to convince their average subscriber that they could pull that off with a girl right I don't think they're trying to. I think the, most of the subscribers are dumb enough to, to <laughs> think that's what's going on. Yeah. Like, the, like I think they're being realistic. And, and, and I had a rant recently. And what wasn't even about Fresh Fit, really. But it was about there's a bunch of dudes in that, like, little manosphere thing that they're becoming so delusional to think that they're the high-value man that has these traits. Mm. It's not going to be you. So pretty much it's like me watching a tutorial on how to act as as a superhero or like Superman. And I'll never be Superman. Mm. So it's like for the majority of men watching, you won't be that person. Right. So why would I why would I try to figure out how niggas like that with the privileges they have if the majority of y'all watch will never be it. And it's it's like the kids at home watching shit on YouTube and they feel like they're really from O-Blog. They feel like they're really a BB. Bingo. It's like they feel like they really are Walter. Bingo. DMing 100 girls. Bingo. Bingo. Bow. Bingo. Getting in that ass. You were, you were on the show, though. You would be for some girl on the show. Oh, yeah, Kiki. I fucked her after that. You fucked her after? Mm. For content. Yo, is it weird? <laughs> yo, yo, I'm, I'm gonna keep it hundred with you. I'm gonna spank bang, and I seen, and I seen you, and I'm like, first of all, hey. I, I never want to see Adam on, on spank bang. <laughs> like, this is weird. Okay? I don't blame you. <laughs> so wait, hold on. There's no like fucking. There's no weird conversations that ever happen. Yo, all right, all right, so let me give you an early on. We'd have like weird little jealous things. You know, you're fucking the other girl. Not not like like back. In, I'm talking like three four years ago. Yeah. Now with plug talk. I don't think there's even been one where she was like, oh, you were fucking her. Like, you liked her too much or whatever. You know, I feel like at this point, we're both like old seasoned pros. Like, we just get in there, have a good time. Listen, I used to have a lot. I love threesomes. But one time I was having th And tell me, well, since I'm, I'm, I'm going to say you're the master of, of, of threesome engagement. Right? Okay. Or I'm going to hope. I'm going to hope. I got a lot of experience. That's for sure. Okay. So, um, I fucked this girl, right? Low key, she was my side chick before. But now I bring her in, which by the way, I think that's a red flag. So I fuck this girl, right? With my girl. They fuck around. Cool, cool, cool. Now the girl is leaving. And by the way, when we were fucking, we're all doing everything, right? Uh, I'm not eating no pussy because I'm black. I'm Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're getting into it. Anyway, the chick is leaving out. So the next morning, so we, we slept. We all slept in the same bed. The next morning, my chick wakes up. Me and her, we just start fucking. And I'm thinking the threesome from last night is about a carryover, except the other girl just gets dressed. And she's like, all right, uh, I guess I'm going to leave now. Mm. So anyway, she kind of comes over like, wow, I'm fucking. And I think I was trying to get her back into the mood. So she's telling me bye. I think she kind of went for a hug. So I kissed her. And my chick was just mad. She was like, yo, how could you, how could you kiss her? I'm like, you know what we did last night? <laughs> like, I'd fucking nut it in her mouth. Yeah, but it's a different world when you're drunk. It's fucking late, you know. No, but the, yo, the freaks that, come out at night, man. Yo, it, it a threesome and having sex with multiple women in front of your girl it causes problems that you didn't even think were problems. That, mm. That's what I was trying to say. But like, I have a good excuse for everything because it's all for content, you know. 
Like yeah, every but, time I walk in there yeah, and do a scene, I know you see a fat ass. You're like, yo, oh my god! When I fucking split that shit yeah. and put my dick up in that bitch, I'm gonna feel like I'm in heaven. But my girl has gotten toughened to that. Where like, yeah, sometimes we'll like, be, like she could look at your face and she'll be like, yo, hold on, I know that face Adam's making. She can tell That's she, when he's. She could tell which girls I really like fucking for sure. But she's seen enough of it that it's not like she's mad about it. Would she ever be like, nah, hold on now, hold on now. Like the girl's too hot? No, no or, or be like, yo, 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 can we get like a, because I use like male models and shit, right? We have dudes fuck the girls sometimes. Yeah, so it's when she's like, yo, nah, you can't fuck her. Like, let's get a male model. Nah, the only girls that she's really turned down are girls that she doesn't want to fuck. Oh, it's probably the nasty. It's not like, oh, she's too hot. Nah, because the hotter the girl is, she knows it's going to make more money. So she's just like, let's get her. Is that fuck Selena's friend? Nah. Eliza? We had her booked. And that's why me and her got in this whole argument is because we had her booked. She's supposed to come and do the shit with us. She hits Lena up a couple days before, like, I don't know if I want to get fucked on camera. So maybe we. And Lena's like, just. Bro, I see a video on Twitter again, fuck. I know, but Lena's like, just let's just do a blowjob scene. It's more easy. She's like, okay. The day of the shoot, when the fucking filmer's already there and shit, she's just like, oh, I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to do it. And it's like, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, like, waste a lot of money on that if shit, you don't want to do it, whatever. But it's like, I'm out $1,000 or $600. Plus, I didn't book interviews that day. I didn't like ha- I do all this other shit that I was supposed to do. And it's like, especially with a kid, like I got to get a fucking babysitter half the time or have, you know, a housekeeper take care of or whatever. It's like that we got into it just because she was so unprofessional with it. But then, but then meanwhile, she loves to get blackout drunk and just like swallow up dudes assholes on Twitter. Like that's just her, her thing. She likes, and she even said to me and Lena, she's like, I would so fuck you guys on camera if it just happened. But because, but, but I don't like planning things. I'm like, bro, you are traumatized. Like you are fucked up in the head. No, no, no. That's OnlyFans though. A lot of OnlyFans women have the mental blockage of saying I'm not a porn star Mm. because I'm just recording what happens. But she's one of those girls that made it kind of clear that she doesn't really fuck unless she's blackout drunk. Oh yeah. That's, that's dangerous. And in porn, it's like, you could have a couple drinks and nobody's going to really think much of it. But if you're like drunk, everybody's going to be looking at you like you're fucking yeah, ruining yeah. this because it's supposed to be a professional operation, you know. But she, she just like, she, she, I don't know. She's fucked up in the head. I fuck with her honestly as a person, but I, I'm still annoyed that she Yo, wasted my time that day. How did you get to uh, um, just like fucking like it, I, I've always said the cum stain that ruined Shorty's career. Chromos. <laughs> <laughs> The permanent stain on her career is you nothing on her titties, nigga. What? How did that shit happen? She wanted to make more money on OnlyFans, so she tapped in with us, whatever, and like basically we did a little management contract or whatever. But then she doesn't want to do the sexual shit, like you know. And like my girl, we we all saw it. Like when she did that one scene with us where she didn't even suck dick and she didn't get fucked, she just titty fucked me while my girl like went back and forth with her. That made her so much fucking money. And then she still like disappears after that and doesn't shoot, doesn't meet up with us. Like she, and, and then meanwhile, she's telling me that she's like, she's uh, dealing these underground poker games. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? You could be making a quarter million dollars plus a month on, on it, OnlyFans and we'll happily help get you there. Yeah, but, but, but that's not our end goal. And, 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 yeah, that's, and that, I guess that's one of those things. There's a lot of women who still look at OnlyFans like stripping, where mm-hmm. they're like, yo, hey, I'm only stripping to get enough money to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think for her, she really thinks she, like, especially after, I think after I went in on her, I don't know why she like mentioned me in a weird way. Like, did I tell you the story what happened? 
What? But, uh, so I met. I'm, I'm, you so, were gonna help manage your music shit, right? Yeah. yeah. So so six months hits me up. Says, "Yo, listen, right. there's a thought from Toronto." You know, everybody likes her because there's not many Spanish bitches like this. I'm like, oh, bet. Like, yo, I specialize in Spanish hoes. Mm. They say, yo, listen. They're telling me all the niggas who done fucked her. I said, listen, fuck that. We're getting into the OnlyFans era. And I felt I missed out on Selena because Selena was just too much in love with me. I'm like, I couldn't work with her. Right. Um, just couldn't do no business with her. So I'm like, yo, finally a whore that I could just like fucking just not. Like, I don't even want to fuck you. Let's just do business. I got a platform I could whatever with. And also we could just do cool shit within my realm. Mm. You can be on my Twitch, all that type of shit like that. Cool. She says, well, and we weren't going to think about like porn shit. It was just like, yo, just sexy shit, right? Mm. It's kind of like what Ruby Rose does. So I'm like, yo, and just you being associated with me, your music's going to get a lot more push. A lot, I can connect a lot more dots. Cool. All right. It was going to be me and Six Buzz were going to be doing it half and half. They're like dealing with the contract shit, blah, blah, blah. I meet her because she comes to New York. I get to fly. I get to re realize she flew out because she was fucking like some some random basketball. Not even a random. It's like a top fucking star in New York on uh, uh, the NBA. I know who right? you're talking about. Yes, you do. Oh, she told you. No, you told me. Okay. All right, anyway. <laughs> 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 fucking comes out here, yo. She comes out here, and, and by the way, like you know, we go live this and third. Like she's telling me pretty much, yo, you should fuck drink all that type of shit. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Good for you. You know what I mean? And I think that's why she doesn't want to do OnlyFans. Because in every delusional chick, like I think you think straight business. Mm. And like even hearing you talk about your own relationship, like, bro, she's like, she's one of the people who really think that she's about to like, like date a big time rapper after doing all the shit she did. Mm. Delusional, brother. You know, you know one of the type of chicks who think that you went down this road. Adam mm. 22 nutted on your fucking titties and then Drake is going to wife you up. Probably like, why does she only go halfway? Like, you know, but, but, but she doesn't realize this is how niggas look. But even, moment, even without the porn, even her just going and doing podcasts and talking about, I fuck this dude and fuck they're like kind of putting herself out there in a messy way. You're already, you're already like not going to be G Herbo's baby mama. Right. Yo, yo, like, yo, yo, I don't yo, know. Are you ever frustrated with bitches like that? Like, why are you double dutching? Like, I don't don't do it halfway. One thing that managing OnlyFans girls has really gotten me is like forcing me to be like really brutally critical. You gotta of, tell these bitches to like because, you a hoe. You you know like when you're getting pussy. I mean, is she a ten? Is she a six? Like, what the yeah. fuck do I care? It's like yeah. once they're above a certain level of attractiveness, you probably smut them out, right? Yeah. But with the fucking OnlyFans thing, it's like we got Skybree. We made her make a hundred times what she was making when we met her on OnlyFans. Why because did she say on some random podcast she was trying to fuck me? She said on one man on OnlyFans. I did see that. I don't know. She probably is now. How does she even know me? She, she's not in hip-hop. Yeah, she is. I, I thought She's was, like a fan. Oh, I thought you set it up. I'm like, no, fucking no, I don't even think man. I ever mentioned it to her. But like, she's her, the first signee, right? She's, yes. And she's someone who like, she's got it. Chromaz has it. Like, Chromaz could be a huge porn star. She just has to let go of this whole fucking thing. Like, you will have, I, I can make you like, Five million dollars this year, no doubt. Just from OnlyFans, just but come. Have to be sucking up a lot of dudes. Fully, yeah. But just go full porn star with it. You can't be half assing it. Are you offering like mental support to some of these hoes, man? Because I think absolutely that, not. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a therapist from the no, city. No, no, but, but, but seriously, like the way you're breaking it down makes good business sense. But you got to get her to get out of that mental blockage of realizing, bitch. I know you used to sing in the mirror for the last ten years of your life. But you'll never make millions from doing that. Mm. Singing with my fucking cock 
in your hand is going to make you the millions. Chrome has listened to this guy. For I mean, she might do it now. I mean, I don't know. You're, I, on, you're on contract? <sighs> is she obligated to like suck that there? She's not obligated to do anything sexually. She's obligated to give me a percentage of her money, but she hasn't done so in a little while and hasn't shot any content with collect? us. I mean, technically, I could sue her right now. Oh, yeah, what's wrong, dude? But, I mean, what the fuck do I care? Hopefully, she just comes around, gets back on her grind. She's just having too much fun out here, hanging out with coke dealers and shit. No, I think she really wants to be a rapper. Like, I remember she she was so gassed to tell me that she she was like, yo, I'm pregnant with Draco's baby. (sighs) I mean. And I was just like, I really don't even give a fuck, but, but, but okay. But, but, like, for her, like, one thing she definitely told me, her type is hood niggas. Like, she likes... Like, she probably went to your studio and seen all them Crip niggas and be like, yo, that's my type. I don't know if any of them are around that day. Yo, right before you fuck these hoes, man, you, like, you pop you pop a little pill? No. Don't, don't tell me. Don't tell I me. I still about haven't you. done it. That's cap. I'm curious, but I still haven't done it. For some of the, I seen you fuck a wildebeest on one of them videos, bro. I've fucked five times in a day. I f- he fucked a wildebeest. No drugs. Nigga, I ain't gonna lie to you. Listen, trust me. I think I've seen maybe two videos and I had to click on this one. It was you with a black chick, cause I, cause, cause, cause I was like, yo, Adams. If Adam ain't racist, it's Dick racist. <laughs> like one of them got me racist, but I go a lot. He was fucking the shit out of her, and I was like, okay. I'm like, yo, but but she ain't look that good. She was a little bigger. She was dark, and I was like, I, nah. she's I, I was she's like, huge yo, on Twitter and shit, nigga. But but my dick don't get hard for everything, nigga. Like I might need some encouragement. I might I'm very open minded. That's my attitude on it. Is it even if, and I thought she was hot, but even if I'm not fully attracted to a girl. And I'm stealing this line from like a famous porn star I heard say it. He's like, I could focus on one part of her that's attractive. I could look her in her eyes. For real? I could look at the part of her skin that doesn't have any blemishes and I could just think about that patch of skin. The bitch and my is like dick a striped tiger. Up. The fuck you talking about? How dare you? She was <laughs> Yo, bad. But she's like, from where Akon's from. Huh? She's from Senegal, I think. Oh, shit. Now mm. I'm playing. I don't remember how she looked. But, but, mm. but um, wait, I, I thought she just kind of like focused on your girl. Because she's there kind of like ushering you through it. If I ever I if I leveled, ever need help, yeah. I thought you leveled up when you, you did a scene without your chick. I'm like, oh, this nigga Adam pimping now. <laughs> she was he sick pimping. that day. Yeah, but you could reschedule, motherfucker. I mean, I was, just, I was like, all right, I'll did do it. Did she tell you to do it? Yeah. I woke up and she said, holy fuck, I have a fever. You got to go fuck that girl yourself. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm there. Yo, your punishment is fucking her without me being there. Did she watch it? Nah, she said she didn't. Yo, yeah, that's that's some ill shit. So wait, you just fuck all the Twitter chicks, right? I fuck anyone want to make, make some money. Let's you go. Spun it out. Who? I think the recent one, Alexis Morgan. That's how I seen it. Oh, I didn't fuck her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I got. Spun she it. fucked another guy. Her oh, boyfriend. Yeah, her. her boyfriend. He wanted to hold it down. But I, I, she's done porn before, right? She had a boyfriend for a long time, and now I feel like this is her new boyfriend. And I, I, she just does porn with like her boyfriend. She's one of them. Does is a boyfriend on like set type shit? He was the one fucking her. Oh, that's the boyfriend. Yeah, that's a porn star. Fuck that. Yeah, just like you know, he probably doesn't have to think about his girl getting ran through all day, so he's probably happy. Is there a point? Is is there a point where uh, Adam? I feel like you've built a great company. I'll tell you that. Mm. In terms of like even a portion, you know, obviously I ain't with that. But like, I mean, with it, I wouldn't do it. But would I run a porn company? Fuck yes. Mm. That's the goal in the long term. Yeah, but I think you could exit now. I, mm. Like, to, like to be honest, I don't think. Hey, maybe you could tell me different. 
I don't think nobody want to see you fucking act. <laughs> like, like, come on now. Just like, I would hope nobody would see me fucking. But I don't mind. I feel mind. like I that too, but then I'm like, damn, this shit is making so much fucking money. And you then like doing it. Keep it real. I do, of course. But then when I don't do it, they're all complaining that I'm not on it. And then I'm like, oh, Ooh. like the fans. Like, is it women or niggas? I, I don't know. Probably dudes, I think, mostly. Damn. I don't know. But like, they get mad when it's I'm like not on it. your dick in the shit? That's crazy. Like to them, they relate to it more when it's me, you know? Why? I guess because they're subscribed and they, I think to a lot of people, that's what they like is they like the idea of seeing this couple fuck people together. Oh, that feels real. That so then sense. as soon as you throw another dude like fucking instead of me, it's just like, this is kind of more like just regular porn, right? But I mean, we're just trying to make different shit under the umbrella. It, it, is it possible where OnlyFans, and I feel like you you guys turn what OnlyFans would be or could be into full on porn. Is it, Possible to have a full-fledged company. I guess I'm asking the future of that. I feel like we covered kind of like the future of what media in terms of like cultural shit or just content outside of porn. Mm. But you're the only one who does that in the space. Where do you see your company being? And when do you see you will probably either say to your girl or you'll say to yourself, be like, yo, we're out of this. We're the umbrella. We could promote it through different ways. Patreon, maybe have the girl on no jumper for an interview. I don't really know how it ends, but I just with with plug talk, I think of it as like right now in terms of the main thing, just being like us fucking these girls. That's like act in the basement making videos all day. You yeah. know, like the the greater vision for the company is like way bigger and I have like ideas for it all the time and I'm trying to just hire people who can help make that shit a reality but for sure I fucking don't plan on like banging girls on camera necessarily in like two three years you know like I and maybe I will because it honestly I is, think you like that I, think you and I know a lot of porn millionaires like dudes with 20 50 million dollars whatever and they still fuck on camera and they're like lie, 48 you, years old but it's like why would you stop at a certain point if you just like doing it I ain't gonna lie. If I was you, the the, the day you, I remember you admitted it. I don't know how I maybe sending the random clips of you to me. You admit I think on your show you're like yo, I, I caught gonorrhea from a bitch. I'm like, mm. right? No. <laughs> like at that moment, didn't you like yo? Listen, it could be worse. You could have caught like AIDS. That's definitely what I thought about. That's the only thing that like really actually is like a real risk. Is like oh, I could get burnt, burnt. That would be crazy. But that there's like so few people in the history of porn who've got AIDS, like in the modern era. There's like one or two little How old do you film? We put out one a week. So oh, okay. a lot of times we'll do three or four in a week and then Oh, see I don't do the other so the other stuff on Patreon is not like chicks like sucking dick no more. Nah, they just gonna take the titties out a little bit or whatever, but yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I'm 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 still like I look at you know, we were told about scheduling out there. I'm looking at how your life is and like I feel like you do. I see you do poker. You're you fucking these hoes. Um, you appear on a bunch of podcasts that's under the platform. Um, and sometimes you get you know, on a new shit. It's like, when do you have time for you? Do you work at nine to five? I feel like I work at 12 to eight most of the time. Or like a 12 to six, you know? Okay. So after that, okay. So after that, you go home. You have a, like, how old is your, your daughter? One and a half. Okay. You wish your one and a half year old daughter and your wife to be. Yeah. Are is is no jumper shit still like like affecting y'all family time? No, I mean I don't even I don't even tell my girl like almost anything about no jumper shit. Like I tell really? her shit that I think she'll find interesting, but I mean she doesn't know who like ninety percent of the rappers I talk to are or whatever. You know, I'll talk. To some, I'll have some porn star girl on and I'll tell her all about that. But, 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 yeah. but in particular, I mean like 
is is there like a call coming in like yo we need you for for this decision right now like just randomly like i, I feel like with really. me there's somebody who always needs me like if i could be having regular times just kind of like all right let, let's watch a movie i'm having a fucking burnt my phone's burning up like yo got you on the phone with you about this yo i need your pay on this yo i need you to make this decision and i think everybody knows that i would never pick up the phone at night because nobody ever hits me up like that Oh shit! Even like AD and Sharp and shit. Like AD always says, he's like, you know, I realized after a couple of weeks of knowing Adam that he ain't picking up the phone after eight. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't even think of that as healthy, being a thing. Mm-hmm. But like for me, I just kind of like shut off the communication unless it's like a huge emergency. At a certain point, you know, I just try to like really calm down and just chill the fuck out and like read or watch documentaries or try. I try to like just do shit outside of my grind at night to just kind of disassociate a little bit. What I gotta does, get this Uber momentarily, by the way. I, I don't know. I just got a couple more. What's, what does Adam spend his money on? Nothing. No, like, also, like because I feel like every time when people think I'm flexing, I'm not. Mm. Like, I'll show off like a couple cars and I'm like, and then every time I'm like, yo, if I got this, I always, th- that's my motto to everything. If I got this, Adam got it. No. What's your nicest car? I lease a car. You fucking write it off? I mean, I don't even know. I just, I pay him a payment every month. It's not like I own it. What car? Like a BMW. Like a nice one. It's like 100, 100 grand or something, but I don't. It's my worst car. It, yeah, it, I'm it, not it, like. It, I, well, you, how many houses do you have? Uh, well, I have the new no jumper space, and then I have the house that me and Lena own. So just that for now. Do you buy watches? Like, no. what do you, so you don't spend your How do you enjoy what you're working for? I, I enjoy working. No, we all enjoy work, but I don't really. I mean, no, I but you, what you what have you splurged on? What's nothing. your vice? There is nothing. What are you hoping to save up to buy? Nothing. <laughs> Not that's a very empty life. I believe. Like more, like more real estate, bigger investments, just owning more stocks and shit like that. But, yeah, but I, if you're owning stocks, to never ever purchase them. <laughs> it's not like, not a, like your daughter's yeah. tuition and also life is probably already taken care of. Yeah. So. You you don't want like a nice watch like no something. I cannot wear a watch I hate that shit not a nice car no well I mean a bigger house may, yeah bigger house maybe you know I would yeah, do that cop for the sure lamb, dog. that's like quality of life shit cop the lamb I need to get a bigger house that has more parking so I can have more than one car if I had two cars right now it'd be a pain in the ass oh you live in L A L A type shit like we only have basically two parking spots our house is pretty big the yard is pretty big but you we only be have two parking spots hills bro. Yeah, it's so far from where I film no jumper at that it would add like an hour to my commute yeah, plus right. each day. You you still have academics basement shit. Like mm. like me now, I, I gotta even it out. Mm. I, I gotta get like I've been on this this whole shit that we do, I feel like it's a hamster wheel. Mm. Like we're watching a revolving 30 days of how our performance is. It keeps there's it never stops. And if you don't like disconnect from it somewhat or enjoy some of it, I think you not only you're gonna get burnt out, you're gonna just be just not fulfilling. But all the things that I like to do don't really like cost money. Like I'll give you an example. In August, I we just booked a a, a week long trip in New York City with my BMX team, and I'm actually gonna not do interviews that week and leave LA and just go on a trip with my boys for a week, and I'm just paying for everything, which is probably gonna be like what like twenty grand, twenty five something. Like you don't that. go to club and like throw money. No. Yachts, Miami. Never. Ugh. Gold Rush. What's that? Ain't it like a strip club in LA? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> One Oak going crazy? Hell no. I can never. Ain't copy the Wraith? Hell no. 
Hey man, uh, listen, uh, yo, Adam's here for a couple of days. Hopefully, I can get him to pull up again. He's apparently about to leave me now because he got to go catch an Uber to go. To Billy a, Joel, a Billy Joel. What's Billy Joel's best song? What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Are you mad that they're oh, out of? <laughs> like forty fucking years old or some shit. Is that one of your like favorite? We didn't start the fire. Bro, I've never heard this shit for real. I grew, I grew, I grew up. My parents listened to it. The so, piano so man. You're, you're a huge fan. I'm not like a huge fan, but my girl just You're was not like them niggas out there with you. Nah, but it's at Madison Square. My girl never been there too, so, oh, she's, okay. so she's, she's she, she wants to okay. just yeah. And I was okay. like, let's do it. Five hundred. We got shit. nice tickets here. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you. Every time, like, I'm the worst person to date because mm. I plan some shit. Because first, of all, I don't like dates, mm. so I plan some nice shit. But I, okay, we're gonna do that, and it gets interrupted by work, and I give no fucks. Mm. Like your work always goes. Work is more fun anyway. Mm. We're fun. That's why I try to create the separation in my head, though. Like, when you're talking about doing a video at 2 in the morning, I was just like, oh, like. Yo, I stayed here one time <sighs> till 3 a.m. to interview Bobby Schmerner. Mm. He was getting off a private jet. He got delayed mad times. We just, we just camped out. Just slept on the couches. I respect it. I just kind of feel like I'm past that, where I, I'm not going to make a video at 2 in the if, morning. If I had a kid, like, yeah. if I had a kid, nah. The kid is going to wake me up at 6.30. That's why I fuck them kids, man. <laughs> fuck them kids. <laughs> For real. Yo, Adam, yo, yo, I, I got Vlad coming in and a few other people. If you're available this weekend, we should probably, you know, I want to have a group conversation, which I think could be Hit me up. Uh, better. Let you me know, know what I mean? My guy. Appreciate you, dog. Appreciate you. Uh, Much love. Hey, the next time I come back to uh, LA, it's, trust me, I'll be coming with a bunch of shooters in case Freddie Gibbs is <laughs> at your studio, okay? You heard what that nigga said? What about Oh, he said he was going to come? Yeah. yeah. When I go to Adam's studio from now on, trust me, we're going to act like we're going into a war zone. Iraq. Chirac. Burbank, Rack. Oh. Don't give away your location. All right. We're out of here, people.